Wow, we're all being super quiet this week. Sorry, I'm just re- I'm like I'm reading the end of an article, and yeah. so that I know what I'm talking about tonight, kind <laughs> of. Well, you know, who needs to do that? Who needs research ahead of time? Uh, based on our podcast, usually, uh, I'm going to venture mm-hmm. to say us. But <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, we can go with nobody too. That'll work. I'm fine <laughs> with that. It takes the edge off of like having to do stuff. Right, like the, the guilt fly. you feel for not doing like the job right or whatever. Fair, <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, but then people don't get to tick off their shoddy hosting box on the bingo card. I don't know if we should be shooting for that as like a goal <laughs> in terms of like how we do the podcast. I mean, even <laughs> ramshackle as it is, it should be. We should be aiming for a slightly higher quality of shit. You know what? I'm done. Let's. Uh... <laughs> Let's just start the episode. Uh, you guys ready to go? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Awesome. So welcome back to Dance Robot Dance, everybody. This is episode uh, 217. I'm Mark. I'm here with my usual partner in crime, Tim. But we have a guest also. Alicia has joined us tonight. So say hello, guys. Hey, I th- actually think this is the first time I've been on an episode that you've been hosting and not Tim. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably accurate. Yeah. Probably. What other episodes have you been on? That's ac- why she actually like put in some effort and actually took some notes this time. <gasps> oh, well, no, okay. it was because Tim told me I was a terrible person after the last episode I was on. That, that is exaggerating. <laughs> I, I, I said that we normally take notes so that we have more to say. Do Oh, we do? Oh, Sometimes. Shit. <laughs> okay. There's at least three or four episodes in the last like 10 that like, no, nah, I didn't do that too. But I mean, that's fair. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my notes are fantastic. My first note is so green. <laughs> it is. It's a very green <laughs> film, but you know, we'll get there. We'll get there eventually. Let's let's first uh, start with our, our weekly nerd news here that I'm sure Alicia will have so much to talk about while we're talking about. <laughs> but we are like, it's a very Batman centric episode. So we're starting with Batman news. It seems like Robert Pattinson has recovered from COVID-19 and is back to work, I guess. I don't I guess you can recover from this really fast if you're the Batman. <laughs> I'm super concerned about these things at this point. So I'm like, well, he's got the entire like you know Wayne Fortune to back him up and and all that tech, the the entire applied sciences division, as we will discuss later. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah, maybe Lucius, maybe Lucius cured him there. We'll yeah. we'll go with that. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess like Batman is starting production again, which is fine, great. Yes, looking forward to seeing it. We got PS5 pricing finally this week, so $399 and $499 American for the digital slash disc versions of the console, which is $499 and $630, thanks to the conversion rate in jolly old Canada. So it's 100 bucks more to get one that can take physical media? Is that the story? That is the story, yeah. Okay. So, if I, yeah. Ouch. Yeah, that's, well, I mean, they want you to, they want you buying from the store. They get that 30, that's what the whole Epic and Apple thing that's been going on the last couple of months is about is like whoever owns the store gets 30% right off the top. Yeah. So Sony loves, would love nothing better than for everybody to buy the digital version and cut out all the retail and just have it be, you have to buy from their store. And just cross Wait. fingers that you'll always be able to access the fucking store and, and re-download games that you may have deleted off your local console and shit. Yep. Which is, uh, hey, you're taking your... This is, this is the digital future, you know what I mean? Steam's the same way. It's the same thing as Steam, right? Like, eventually things can get delisted and you cannot access them anymore, so... Yeah. That's why I don't play anything I really want to play forever on Steam or download. Like, I downloaded Animal Crossing onto my Switch because I don't fucking care if I can't play Animal Crossing. I sure as fuck bought Breath of the Wild yeah. in a yeah. physical package. 
Yeah, see, I'm I'm all digital now. So like mm-hmm. when when the inevitable like somebody writes apocalypse happens, I will be the one who gets hurt by this because I'm like I can't deal with carrying discs around and shit all the time. So I'm just like fuck this. I can pay them whatever on sale three months later and just download it to a hard drive that it will load off super fast. Ugh, that's way better for me. <laughs> but like the thing the thing with Steam though is that like. I can always be putting more fucking hard drives in my computer so that I can, you know, I can constantly have that local backup. Whereas with a fucking like, I can, I guess, can you still plug in like external hard drives into the playstations and shit and like load games onto there? Yeah. My, uh, both my Xbox one X and my PS4 pro have giant, like four or five terabyte hard drives plugged into them for just like, Access like game storage. I don't usually run them off the SSD that I have installed internally, but yeah, it makes sense for the most part. Like, yeah, my game library tends to be totally downloaded and on the hard drive. The problem is, like, it doesn't update the hard drives properly. So, like, you go to load a game off and it needs to update, and then it's a 16 gig patch you're downloading anyway. So, yeah, whatever. I saw the the pre-orders for that were kind of a fucking disaster. That too. that was my next note is like the the pre-orders went completely batshit insane and like the retailers opened up the pre-orders ahead of Sony really giving them their real numbers so like everybody's pre-orders are all fucked up now and like oh Sony just one step forward two steps back every <laughs> goddamn time they even did like they had a bunch of cool announcements on their the thing that announced the price too so that they have Final Fantasy 16 coming out exclusively to the PlayStation there seem to be have God of War two, God of War Ragnarok ready to go in 2021, which is actually God of War five, five. Yes, yep. <laughs> and then I was I'm not even going to talk about the stupid Harry Potter horseshit game. Um, <laughs> just fuck her. Oh, the, the the MMORPG or whatever. It's not even an MMO. It looks like a giant open world game at this point. But like fuck her, she's not making any more of my money, so she can kiss my ass. <laughs> also, for some reason, Sony decided that like instead of just whole hog dumping the new Horizon Zero Dawn and Spider Man game like on PS5 exclusively, so that we can take advantage of all the fancy new bells and whistles on there, it is they are both cross generation games, so there'll be versions released for PS4 and PS5, and all the nerd people like me who like graphics and shit are just like, oh, we're holding back for the last generation again. When are we going to get actual next-gen stuff? So, I mean, everybody's got something to bitch about, <laughs> but $500 basically matches the Xbox Series X, which means we're cu- we're, it's, we're doing exactly the same thing we did last gen. Pick your side. Yeah, I'm happy to buy both probably eventually because <laughs> that's what I do. Either way, on to just a mountain of Disney Plus news at this point. <laughs> so, first, we had a trailer for Mandalorian Season 2. We did. That was really cool. Yep. Starring legit boss Sasha Banks also, which got me kind of excited because she's my favorite person in WWE right now. They also won a fucking ton of like the practical Emmys. Yeah. That's for a, this uh, week. T- it's uh, technical arts Emmys or whatever yeah. they're called. Yeah. Yeah. The, the creative, uh, what creative are they called? Art. Creative arts Emmys. Yeah. Um, they won. Oh, let's see here. They won Outstanding Cinematography, Special, uh, Outstanding Special Visual Effects. Yeah. Outstanding Sound Editing. What was the other thing? Outstanding production design and outstanding sound mixing, which, yes, they deserve all of that, and they should. Like, I wonder how long it's going to be before just, like, the Emmys and the Oscars just have to collapse into one, like, giant fucking, like, organization or, like, you know, the whatever the at least the creative arts stuff like it's like specifically on this side on the technical side because yeah. it's the same fucking crews working both things you know what i mean and like, the it's lines not like, are just so blurred yeah. between movies and tv anymore because like this is basically a fucking eight hour movie yeah 
So and like they're using the soundstage and technology they built for the Mandalorian to shoot like major motion pictures now too. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah. big chunks of like stuff that's coming out in the next couple of years because of the way the world is now. They've been building versions of that set in like different places. There's one in London, there's one in Vancouver, there's one in LA, like all that kind of stuff. So they can shoot a lot of these kinds of shows that are very special effects driven, like in-house without having a ton of people on set anymore. Like you don't have to do set builders anymore. You just need a bunch of unreal engine engineers yeah. to go in and build the set out, which yeah. is why I'm learning unreal engine right now. So there's that. Yeah. But like that, uh, I don't know the, that. Yes. The show is like really well done. And even did you watch any of the behind the scenes stuff they put out after the fact? Not yet. I've been meaning to, but I'm yeah. behind on so much other stuff with the move and everything. But so that was like the uh, like where everybody kind of found out about that the the LED screen that they're yeah, using yeah, or like yeah. the OLED screen that they're using, um, and all that kind of stuff. That everybody was like, "This is fucking crazy cool technology that they're using now." And yeah, it it really is basically like a little holodeck they shoot movies on. So yeah, and the trailer looks yeah looked like a fucking blast. I can't wait. It comes out yeah, like month and a half, and then we gotta wait a week for each fucking episode again, but. Hey, that's, I mean, that's what we're doing with the boys right now. I'm just waiting for episode five to come out. Yeah, so. but I, I have a fucking Prime membership either way. And that means I'm going to have to get like a Disney Plus membership back for, or like a Canadian Disney Plus membership finally for at least like two months. Are they not the same? No, it's, yeah, it wasn't working exactly the same. So I ended up, I canceled the US Disney Plus one and just figured oh. I would get it back in Canada once, once this dropped. Yeah, we have a, we have a family account that we use here. So like my sister has it, and I just use that to like basically watch Mandalorian, yeah. and that's so much. So far, the only thing I really used Disney Plus for is Mandalorian and Simpsons reruns. Although that mm-hmm. is about to change because they did confirm that uh, WandaVision is going to hit in 2020, so we oh, will nice. get some MCU stuff. Uh, yeah, there was a little run, like a little trailer run of what's still co- to come in 2020 on Disney Plus, and WandaVision was featured a little bit here and there and there. So yeah. it sounds like we're still getting that. So it was, I think it was supposed to be like November was when it was originally when it had been announced. I, I, I honestly, I can't keep track of those dates anymore. Like everything's yeah. flopped around so much that like mm-hmm. what, whatever the original dates were, I don't even remember anymore. Although I think it was supposed to be the end of this year with Dr. Strange coming out like early, like in February, if I'm not mistaken, that was the original schedule. Like we were yeah. supposed to have black widow now, I think. Yeah. And then Doctor Strange just like in the February spot where they like to release like Thor Ragnaroks and shit. Yeah. So because because WandaVision is supposed to like lead into mm-hmm. Doctor Strange a bit. At least for the the Wanda portion of it anyway, yeah. Like you're yeah. supposed to kind of be able to follow Wanda f- straight from WandaVision over to Doctor Strange 2 or whatever that's called at this point. Yeah. The Multiverse of Madness, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. So that's that's cool. Like I'm excited for that. And then the last piece of news I had it looks like we have our She-Hulk. It's not Alison Brie. We're all sad about that. But it is uh, <laughs> Tatiana Maslany who was in Orphan Black, which I Paul's now telling me I should watch the rest of the season. I watched season one, enjoyed it, and then just never went back to it. But she was really good in it, so this sounds great to me. They had announced a director slash like writer person that was attached to this also that was that had good credentials that I can't remember the name of off the top of my the, head. The show, yeah, like the showrunner or like yeah. a well. Uh, director and executive producer Kat Guairo, yeah. yes, uh, who's done episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia and yeah. Dead to Me, which I don't know what that is. Dead to Me is awesome. Yeah, you yeah. should watch Dead to Me. Okay. So yeah, so like that that show's coming along. I mean, it's gonna be two years before we see anything. Mark Ruffalo greeted her to the fold and all that good stuff on Aww. Twitter. So 
That's yeah, see, I, I, well, I haven't watched Orphan cousins, Black at right? all. So. Yeah, I haven't watched Orphan Black at all, but like I've heard really good things about mm. the show and about Tatiana Maslany as a like actress on the show. I mean, it's definitely a tough performance because she plays like how many of her fucking different versions She's like of 90% of the cast of that show is her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, it's, I mean, I, I liked the first season. I just like, it was one of those things where like, I think it was probably Paul told me like, watch it after the first season had aired. So I watched that chunk of the first season I was like, Oh, this is really good. And then the second season came out and the third season came out. And then by then I was hearing it wasn't as good as it had been earlier. And I was kind of like, all right, I got enough stuff I'm watching or, or should be watching and don't care about anyway. Like I'm not adding another thing to the pile. That's like that. So yeah, maybe, maybe I'll get back to it at some point, but I'm like, I'm excited for her to be it's Jennifer. What the hell is her name? Jennifer Walters, I think is the she Hulk's name. Can't remember I the character's name. Remember. This is yeah, not, this is your side of the street. You're supposed to. I know, know. and she Hulk like the Hulk characters are just not my like. I'm not a Hulk guy, so that's yeah. fine either yeah. way. Um, it's time to move on to uh, Geek of the Week. Unless you have anything else you wanted to bring up, I have video gaming news for the first time like ever. What? The, the 3ds got discontinued this week. Oh yeah, kind of quietly. Yeah. But yeah, and so Nintendo's little uh, the, Nintendo's quite possibly final ever handheld gaming console and the first nintendo handheld console that i've owned since a fucking game boy it got discontinued this week you know because the switch is a hybrid console and you can use it as handheld if you want so you know they haven't really been putting out much in the way of new titles for it or anything so it was just a matter of time for that to happen yeah they got me to buy one right at the end for that last metroid game (laughs) the fuckers so There's still a ton of good games on it that oh, yeah. will probably take forever to act if they ever do actually come out on uh, on Switch. So, yeah. Well, I mean, like, I, there's some games that will never come over. I bet, like, I'm, unless they do a package, like Link Between Worlds, which was totally worth buying oh. a 3DS and playing through on its own. So, like, so good. Yeah, that's sad. The 3DS is gone, but like, I'm happy with where they are with the Switch, especially if we're gonna like. Hey, we're not gonna, now that they're cutting 3DS out. That means that they can just concentrate whole hog on the Switch and maybe get me a 4K version of it that runs a little better. That would be nice, also. Yeah. So, oh, and CBL, CBS All Access has a new name. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're knocking Paramount off. Plus. They're knocking yeah. yeah, knocking off Disney, and now it's going to be called Paramount Plus as of next year. Because I mean, let's be honest, CBS All Access was a fucking garbage name. I should just call it the Star Trek fucking streaming service basically <laughs> at this point because like that's all that's on there i think cbs all access and like some shitty crime shows or something yeah it's like csi and star trek and that's yeah. all we got or whatever <laughs> the fuck cbs's tagline is yeah oh my god but there's so many csis you have no idea oh no, no idea my mother watches all of them that's all she ever watches on tv yep that's what my parents watch yeah. like exclusively is those kinds of shows ncis <laughs> ci csi Whatever, if there's if it's got initials in the title and it's about <laughs> angry FBI agents following psychopaths, my parents watch it like from be- episode one to whatever the last episode is. Okay. Every single one. There's always that one like pseudo goth person who works in a lab and everyone in my family is like, oh, look, Alicia, that's you. Thanks. Yeah. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. Those shows just awful. But, you know. Ratings juggernaut for that 50 plus demographic, which everybody wants to hit right now. So there you go. <laughs> they're the only ones who got any fucking money, I guess. And they're buying yeah. shit still. So <laughs> yep. got to do that demographic. Anyway, uh, let's let's move on to Geek of the Week before I start ranting about burning the world down. <laughs> Geek of the Week. 
which is the segment every week where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did in the preceding week. That's right, right? Anyway, we're going <laughs> to do, uh, we're, we'll go with Alicia first because she's been very quiet. And what's the nerdiest thing you did this week, Alicia? Aside from like, sit here and listen to us do this, basically. <laughs> I uh, spent a significant amount of time setting up a Discord server for the Tolkien nerds that I'm on the board of their nonprofit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thing. Explain what Discord is for our listeners who are me and don't care. Oh, my God. Uh, So Discord was uh, at first a gaming-centric, basically, version of Slack, and is now kind of expanded outside of just gamers and is a better version of Slack, in in my opinion. Fair enough. Okay. So you set one up for your your token nerd friends? Yeah, for the Mythopoeic Society, uh, because I'm their social media board member essentially now the question i have is how do a bunch of very library happy talking people deal with something like discord okay so <laughs> it's not the only discord server that's tolkien centric that i'm a part of my school runs a discord server mostly to coordinate when people are playing lord of the rings online together mm-hmm. there's also a tolkien cosplay server that i'm a part of as well but specifically i wanted to set up a discord server because my job is to get younger people interested in the mythopoeic society through social media because to be perfectly honest about half the mythopoeic society is over the age of 60 yeah Yeah. i was that that was my like that was where (laughs) i was leading I was trying to walk you down that path. Yeah. And so, some of those people do use Discord, but they're all like, I use it, but I'm not very good at it and shit like that. Yeah. So my that ultimately my goal is to get people preferably under the age of 30. Like right now our 25 to 35 demographics really good, but I'm trying to beef up the younger people. I got to get them as kids, man. I don't know how you do that with this stuff though. This is this is tricky shit to get them <laughs> with kids. Mark, Mark, here's here's Discord in terms you'll understand. It's the 2020 version of IRC. Oh. Yeah, that's... but it's not, though. It is way more like Slack. You can it also is. do... No, I understood, yeah. I understood Slack. Like, I've used Slack a million times. Everybody uses Slack for all kinds of horse shit, so I got well, this that. This podcast, like, started on Slack pretty yeah, much. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that Slack. I got rid of that bookmark ages ago. That's still there. Oh, check. yeah, it still Let's exists. Check. Nobody ever uses Let's it or see. anything. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh, I do have a fucking bookmark to it. Look at that. Oh, I got to log in. Fuck I think I've that. still like, I, I've dropped back up oh, files right. there a couple yeah, times. For you that's lately. true. You have done that. That's right. Okay, fair enough. All right, Tim, what about you? What was your Geek of the Week this week? So being back in Canada, I'm happy to get like a proper fucking fall now because like there's been a chill in the air the past couple weeks. And I learned this week that I have pavlovianly fucking conditioned myself to start watching horror movies as soon as it starts getting chilly out so like does it not get chilly in georgia at no. some point but not no. not yeah but not this fucking early <laughs> not Fair in er, not in like mid-september which yeah so mark I, th- I think you'll maybe sympathize with this you know how sometimes you like acquire air quotes movies but because you're like really vaguely in- interested in watching them like someday and then um, they i just, have no i have no idea about the phenomenon and, you're talking about right and now then they, I, and then they sit there and you never fucking watch them <laughs> i don't have 
gigabytes and terabytes <laughs> of hard drives that are just that. Yes. Yeah. So I've got those two and uh, I'm trying to clear off one of those old hard drives right now. And so I'm going through and picking out uh, some of those horror movies to watch and get the fuck off those drives and move over into my like video archive or delete them because some of them have just been fucking hot ass garbage, which is why i've avoided watching them for like in some cases like that is 10 years or some shit so yeah that's fair <laughs> so yeah some have been like pleasant surprises and like there's this movie uh devil by m night uh Shyamalan. oh is that the uh, elevator one i didn't yeah. mind that movie it was yeah. pretty cool yeah it was an interesting concept and like you know a good way to kind of do a interesting story on like a uh, on a budget, you know, and like limited shooting space and that kind of thing. Some have been real fucking terrible, though. There's this one called Eden Log that I watched, which was like this dystopian future kind of like Matrix knockoff that was hot ass fucking garbage. So nice. Yeah. OK, so. fair enough. I think uh, I think the horror thing has been like permeating at least between you and I, because I started playing Resident Evil 3 this week. And like just that's my geek of the week is that I I'm almost done Resident Evil 3, the remake for uh, Xbox. And it's, I mean, it's good. It's fine. Like, it's totally worth the 40 bucks I paid for it. And yeah. uh, it's nice and spooky. And st- well, not spooky. It's Resident Evil scary. It's basically just like things smashing shit at you that have weird tentacle faces and stuff. So <laughs> it's more Resident Evil, but I'm enjoying it. And it's getting me in that like Halloween, except not Halloween spirit, <laughs> because Lord only knows what Halloween will look like in the COVID era or whatever. Oh, so I'm going to be so mad. Like if it does get like full on canceled, cause it's oh, on man. fucking Saturday. It's like a full moon and it's the night that the fuck we get a fucking extra hour too. If I have to throw candy at children, I am going to, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how like, we're going to do that was like, do we just sit out on the fucking front porch and pitch that at them? Like just get, stay off the stairs, you little fuckers. And it's like, <laughs> There are people that have been doing like little uh, like candy shoots and stuff like that. They've already like posted their designs or and and like uh, you know there's a little place where you can like just hang hang your candy bucket and then you just like drop it down the uh, just sit sit on your porch with a shotgun so that nobody steals it from (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt cannon candy at kids yeah Yeah. (laughs) only two pieces per fucking person god damn it (laughs) so. Like the angry redneck who's giving yeah. away Halloween candy. It'd be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, no, so like, yeah, the, uh, I, I, it has been cool this, the last couple of days and it's got me in like fall mode. So I'm sure there was a lineup outside Starbucks that I'm assuming was all for pumpkin spice horse shit this morning. Yeah, so yeah, yeah man. So, you know, yeah, it you is really weird to be in a place where it's actually cold enough to drink a PSL because it is definitely a pumpkin spice frappuccino in Georgia at this time. <laughs> yeah, I was I was going to ask like how are you like adapting to this like hey it's already cold like it's cool in the evenings already and I'm like this is mo- really boring for a podcast but like Alicia has lived <laughs> her entire life the news. Yeah man, Alicia's <laughs> lived her whole life in Georgia so I'm fascinated by her reaction to Canadiana in general at this point so <laughs> Yeah, it's it's weird cuz the temperature it is right now so it's because I'm still on Fahrenheit, it's like high 40s to low 50s at night and like mid to high 60s during the day. That's about the temperature it usually is in Atlanta in uh, late October and where I am actually from in South Georgia, January. It's low to mid-teens for everybody in the rest of the fucking world, uh, <laughs> Celsius, because it's about 15 degrees where I am right now outside. And it's, it's, a, little, it's a nice little... 
crisp in the air. It's killing my marijuana plants that are like, almost ready to harvest, though. So it's been getting a little annoying. single single digits. Uh, yeah, overnight. The, yeah, overnight. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, this podcast where we just fucking talk talk about the weather now. We're old. We are old. It's true. <laughs> Because it's not like know. we're gonna have anything at all to say about uh, about our topic for this week. Aside from like this, like the best movie ever. So like, let's do meat <laughs> of the episode. Meat of the episode: dark and gritty clown meat. Ugh. That sounds like a porno title, but like <laughs> <laughs> one I don't want to watch. Rule thirty-four. It I'm just, morbidly it curious. Just popped into existence as you said that. Well, it's uh, yeah, we're doing Batman still, so like it's Dark Knight <laughs> time. We finally got to the Dark Knight. Thank God, thank God, we got to the Dark Knight. <laughs> this is the 2008 Chris Nolan sequel, starring a returning Christian Bale, Morgan Freeman, Michael Caine, and Gary Oldman. I don't think anybody else is returning. Everybody else is new. Maggie Gyllenhaal steps in for Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes. We're finally introduced to Harvey Dent. Uh, in the form of Aaron Eckert and Oscar winner Heath Ledger is the Joker. And this movie made a billion dollars. I think it was the first one of these movies to really make a billion dollars too. So it yeah, just barely creaked over a billion dollars. And it was like yeah. what four, I think when it came out, it was like the fourth highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah, it time. was, it was a very popular movie that summer. I remember yeah. going to see it four times in the first six days it was out so and this is like the year before iron man too right? no this is the year of oh, year iron of man. iron man right yeah 2008 is the year so like uh this comes out i believe in june if i'm not mistaken hold on uh, i had it, I july, got it right in front of me july yeah i think yeah july 20th for this and then iron man came out in may, may 2nd so it actually came out before this okay fair okay. enough yeah. I thought, for some reason, I had that flip where it was the other way around, but I guess that makes kind of sense. Like Iron Man came out and was good, and it got everybody in a good mood for a comic book movie, and then this fucking monster came out and <laughs> blew everybody away. So, yeah, where did you see it first? What's your history with this? I mean, it's not that old anymore. We're into basically adult life now, which is nice. <laughs> I'm not trying to remember like shit that I watched on VHS in 1989 anymore. <laughs> this is one I, w- I guess I would have watched in probably in Silver City and Ancaster. Because I was um, still living in Brantford this time, yeah, and uh, I probably I would have watched it in like IMAX, you know, if it was out in mm-hmm. if, it, if it was out in IMAX, I would have watched it in IMAX, and uh, yeah, I remember just pretty much being blown away by it when yeah. it first came out. Yeah, I think it's safe to say. Yeah. So was this the first time you saw it, Alicia? I am ninety five percent sure that it is. I have seen one of these movies, and I don't think it was this one. Fair enough. Okay. We're pretty sure she's seen Batman Begins. Okay. So like, you didn't watch Batman Begins when you watched this again, then, I'm assuming, right? No, no. she didn't watch Batman Begins with me. I okay. watched Batman Begins, I guess. That's the one that I watched. I'm not sure. It's the one with Liam Neeson. And, oh, that doesn't fucking help me. At this <laughs> point, it would have been like 10 years ago. Fair enough. That's about That's about right, I guess. I don't know. I can't even... Like, what's 10 years ago? 2010? Yeah. Yes. All right. That's you're, you're five years behind that movie coming out and two years behind this one. So that's fair. That's fair. Good times. Okay, cool. Yeah. This is actually my first one post movie theater. Like I had stopped working at the movie theater by then. I was a grown up and working at the university by then. So I had to go see it at a midnight screening like a fucking plebe <laughs> with regular people. And it was actually kind of worth it because seeing it with the crowd was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, yeah, they, the, the big midnight screening crowd that, that this is probably one of the first movies where they really started doing that i think remember that became like a big thing until yeah. its sequel came out <clears throat> which we can talk about 
in the next time. But yeah, this yeah, I this blew me away when it came out. So I was like, yeah, on board, 100%. I wanted them to make like 15 more of these fucking movies, and then they made one. It was wow. Well, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to make them to make like 15 more with like Ledger as the Joker, and unfortunately, I, yeah, that, I think that was my my big the big takeaway is like I want can we just yeah like do this forever. Like, let's just have this Batman and Joker go at it for, like, six movies. I'm fine. It was so weird. Like, I I do remember watching this and, like, you know, watching this knowing that this role fucking killed Heath Ledger. Yeah. I remember that being just a weird experience in the theater kind of thing. Yeah, because he died before it came out, right? Like, he he died in, like, the January ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, by the time we were watching this. And, like, he won the Oscar for this posthumously, too. Because it's just, like, I mean, holy shit, this performance. And we'll talk about it probably at length. Uh, the su- eventually supporting character oscar right i think ah uh, yeah he won best supporting for that yeah. for that one yeah so who wants to give me the plot of this i'm like really curious i like i'm almost tempted to say alicia but i don't want to be mean <laughs> i don't think you would want me to give the plot you should have heard how i recited the plot to ghostbusters the video game last week <laughs> what a fucking nightmare that was Wow. Yeah. I just played it like two weeks before. I was like, wow, I don't I don't remember any of that game apparently at all. <laughs> and I played it like six times. Either way, Tim, let's do the plot. <laughs> all right. So there's a, you know, the Joker is running rampant in Gotham and robs a bank and kills all the fucking dudes that he hired to rob the bank uh, because none of them know that he's one of the robbers that's there with him. And uh, then we get introduced to Harvey Dent finally, instead of getting introduced to him in the first movie, like we probably fucking should have. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and and then him and Jim Gordon have this whole idea to take down Sal Maroney, who is basically taken over the Falcone crime family. Yes, not, mispronounced. Not Properly mispronounced. Thank you, Tim. Yeah. Good. The uh, Falcone crime family was uh, the 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 big like mafia gang in the first movie. So what there's this whole scheme where the Chinese or Hong Kong dude Lao, he is trying to basically help because the Joker's like stealing all these all this dirty like money out of bank vaults, basically. Yeah, because that's how that works, right? Like when you put money in the bank, your actual money stays there in the vault. One hundred percent. There's a couple there's a couple Joker things in this movie that like when we get to Christ, you'd be like, yeah, the plot really hinders on a lot of very, very tenuous um, circumstance, I guess. But, you know, you ignore it because it's so well, like, it's just put together really well and edited to the point where you don't even notice the stupidity. And so, like, (laughs) the next day when you're like, oh, shit. Wait, that doesn't make... Anyway, it's fine. (laughs) So, so the Joker, like, uh, you know, most of the money that he's stealing is, like, this mobster's money because, like, again, that's how banks work. When (laughs) money is stolen from a bank, they know exactly whose money it is that got stolen. Yeah. (laughs) So, this guy, Lau, who's, like, basically a, you know, accountant to the mafia and all the the other gangs, says, I've already taken all your money out of the bank and I'm going to keep it safe in an undisclosed location. And... Bruce Wayne is apparent or Wayne Enterprises is apparently having like a deal with this guy, but Bruce knows that he's fucking talking and a bad guy, so it doesn't end up happening. Then the Joker comes along and is like, I basically if you give me all of your money, I won't kill you all, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think he's he's like, I'll I'll take half of it to kill the Batman. Which right. they're all like, right. uh, okay, sure, yeah. I guess. Like what which, choice do we have? You cycle with grenades? 
in Which, your jacket? Exactly. Yeah, he comes in with a fucking yeah, a bunch of grenades and his fucking like pulls it open like a fucking pervert, like trench coat kind of thing. He's like, except except instead but, like, of his dick, he's got a bunch of grenades in it. That scene, like that's the introduction to the Joker in the movie. And it's like yeah. that's the pencil trick, and it's all like this is fantastic. Like, do you remember watching that like the first time? And you're just like Oh, oh yeah. shit! What are we fucking watching? Like, who is this guy? Yeah, that's like murdering people in the eye socket and shit. Oh, I'm like, I, I don't. Oh, here we go. I fully remember like watching that the the disappearing pencil trick in particular. The fr- yeah uh, in theaters and like having this sudden realization is like, oh fuck, that's the kind of Joker we're getting here. Like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. We're going like Super Seven style here. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. Yeah. Like, we're gonna go real grim. All right, buckle up, fuckers. Yeah, basically. So. Oh, was that? Yeah. So Joker, yeah, says he's going to kill Batman, which we later learn he fucking never had any intention of doing because this is like the version of the Joker that's very much like, no, I would never kill you. I have too much fucking fun pissing you off, kind of thing. Yeah. Which they come to that relationship real quick. I mean, I think I think the Joker kind of comes to it on his own before he ever ever meets Batman. Yeah. Right. Like it's it makes sense that he would go crazy obsessive because he's crazy already. So yeah. <laughs> regardless of how much he denies it, yeah, pretty fucking Looney Tunes. So <laughs> and then Dent and uh, Lieutenant Gordon at this point figure out that because these gangsters have all conspired to hide their money together, that they can like try them all in one fucking shot, and they arrest like five hundred fucking like gangsters all in one shot. Uh, so yeah, they pretty much get like the entire fucking mob like all at once, and uh, then you know it's all like oh Harvey Dent he's like the best man in Gotham and everything and what else happens oh and then and then the Joker just fucking starts killing fuckers like kills the fucking judge overseeing that case he yeah kills the commissioner kills the commissioner by like apparently putting acid in his uh like scotch, scotch bottle, bottle yeah. or whatever that he didn't fucking like that nobody figured out you know hey why is this fucking scotch smoking or why does it smell like acrid fucking like caustic solutions well i mean depending on the quality of scotch <laughs> you know Fair. that could be basically what it smells <laughs> like sometimes yeah. trust me i've drank some cheap fucking scotch and <laughs> Battery acid might have been a better choice some nights. So, <laughs> tries to kill Dent and the mayor, but doesn't succeed. Gordon like appears to take a bullet for the mayor and die, but later we find out that he was just like gone, like underground kind of thing, gone quiet just to protect his family. You miss the whole point where like Batman goes to Hong Kong and like grab Lao. Oh and, like, yeah, the best the best action sequence in the movie. That's that true. That was Joker cool. related. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very <laughs> yeah. Batman-y, like him swooping over the skyline and shit. Like, awesome. Cinematography is something we will talk about in this movie later yeah. on. Because it's very well shot. But yeah, so, and, and and as part of that, like, we get the introduction of the bat, like, sonar and everything. And all kinds of, like, new cool tech and stuff like this. And I guess we need to mention, too, like, because the mansion got fucking leveled in the first movie, Bruce is functioning out of Penthouse and, I guess, Wayne Towers. Yeah. And then, like, the Batcave is in one of the sub-levels, pretty much. Which actually reminded me a lot of the uh, the Batman trailer. Yeah. No, I mean, the uh, the downtown, like, the penthouse with sub-sub-sub-basement Batcave is a Denny O'Neill yeah, story yeah. trope from the 80s and stuff. So, like, that that feels... This feels very familiar to, like, mid-career Batman. 
where yeah. he's just like he's in in the city, doesn't have a partner, blah 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 blah. Yeah. So yeah. But like I, I had I somewhat forgotten like how sparse the Batcave is here because like most of the gear and shit like you know obviously tracks into of, the walls and shit. Yeah, well, and, cool and like shit. a lot of the stuff would have got destroyed in the mansion, uh, yeah. like getting fucking burned the fuck down. So well, and like also he's stealing it from Wayne Enterprises, so he just has to ride an elevator <laughs> up to the floor that he wants to grab the shit from and then ride back down. Basically, yeah. you got to assume he's got a private elevator to the place where all his Kinsha. toys are. Well, yeah, yeah, he's got he's got that private elevator that goes into that panic room that we see in the penthouse. Speaking yes. of which, that fucking penthouse scene, we get we'll have to talk about that. I mean, there's a lot of like. Heath Ledger scenes that are in here that we'll have to talk about yeah. after the fact. Because like every time he's on screen, he's the only thing you watch. So Yeah. And Rachel Dawes is still around. She's banging Harvey Dent now, but still in love with Bruce. And so we get a whole love triangle thing there. It's a different person now. It's Meg Gyllenhaal, which is, was really jarring for me the first time. I, I don't think I realized that before I wa- went into the theater that... Oh, like, you didn't know that? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't like, following stuff quite as oh. closely as I do these days. Oh no! I was probably I'm might I might not have been as bad as I am now because of the podcast, but I was still following that kind of stuff pretty closely. Yeah. I knew she had Katie Why? Well, because I had heard Katie Holmes wasn't allowed to go back. Basically, like they because but, of Scientology, yeah, yeah like yeah. the the cult that she was in disallowed her from doing a Batman sequel. So <sighs> no, Mrs. Tom Cruise for the sequel. I guess I don't oh. know how she would have like how would she have fared in this movie. You know what I mean? That's like, just it. Like I feel like Maggie Gyllenhaal like fits a lot better in this world and in this Gotham than Katie Holmes ever did. Yeah, yeah. So, we we don't we don't get a perfect fit till the next movie, but you know what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, but I mean, it doesn't really matter because Joker ends up kidnapping both Rachel Dawes and Harvey Dent, and basically sets them up in like opposite sides of the city in like a room full of explosives and then tells Batman basically he can only save one of them and he chooses Harvey Dent because like he thinks he I mean he sends Gordon and the cops to go after Rachel Dodds but they don't get there in time and she blows the fuck up but I think he goes he goes to save Rachel and goes to the wrong spot because the Joker flips that- their locations. The, yeah, okay. the Joker flips their locations, right. so he ends up yeah, going yeah. to pick up Dent because he stops. There's a there's a real minute where he stops and is like, "Ah, oh, fuck! I got. Th- I mean, I'm gonna save him because I have to, but like, yeah, yeah. I wanted my yeah. sugar baby, you know, like to come home. My whatever the fuck See- you call your girlfriend that's not your girlfriend who's going to marry somebody else i have no idea how what you call that person i thought that was how i was remembering it but i didn't pick that up on this watch through i did i i noticed it again specifically this time too through too so because i was really like watching i actually sat down with this movie this time and was like i'm just going to sit here and watch it no phone phone stays over there sit and watch movie so i was picking up all this little stuff that so yeah dawes gets blown the fuck to hell and bruce saves dent but process dent in like the biggest fucking telegraph of i mean his name is the telegraph but like in the biggest telegraph of all time he has like one half of his face soaked in flammable accelerant like kerosene yeah yeah and so when the building explodes they're still close enough that like his face that side of his face catches fire and then he becomes two-faced because he already had the coin and one side of the coin gets all scarred and shit and maybe a little too convenient but it's a comic book movie, so we'll fucking let it go. And then the Joker goes and visits him in the hospital uh, in, his, in his cute little n- nurse's uniform. Did you notice? Full mask, and he used the hand sanitizer. I did. Like he's The Joker's COVID ready. Which is, just kind of weirded me out while I was watching this. I was like, oh, in 20, I guess in 2020, this reads differently where he's doing all the right things. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Say what you will about the Joker. He's clearly like 
uh, he clearly knows his science, right? Yes. Like he's setting I, up I, all these explosions and shit like that. Yeah. And like, and a bunch of his shit like relies on like gravity and physics and that kind of thing. And obviously he also, you know, understands epidemiology pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Seems to be pretty good with fucking firearms too. His, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to shoot a rocket propelled grenade, but it- <laughs> from a moving fucking from truck. A moving truck. Yeah. The yeah. Joker clearly does. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, so that's how we get uh, Harvey Dent, and then uh, or how we get Two Face, and I mean, really, when we get Two Face, is Joker going in and like pushing Harvey over the edge, pretty much, uh, with the little motivational speech, uh, and then they end up freeing Two Face, or Joker and his goons end up freeing Two Face in that like crazy fucking car chase scene uh, with like all the explosions and the RPG and everything, and. Uh, and then you know, Two Face goes on a fucking killing spree. Like he starts killing all these like corrupt cops and shit like that that he knows about from his time as DA and as as from Internal Affairs. Well, I think he goes after the two cops that like they specifically tell him are the ones who kidnapped him and Rachel, right? Yeah. Like they're the ones who set it up for Maroney or through for the Joker through Maroney or whatever. Yeah. So there's that big whatever because yeah. he goes after the one cop who's supposed to be Bullock. And then wasn't Bullock. And then he because he only the knocks behind the bar. Yes. Right and he knocks out yeah. Ramirez, who I think was supposed to be Montoya. Mont- yeah, Renee Montoya. I actually had to check that one because they don't, I don't think they ever, if they do give her name, it's like maybe it's, once and it's like, yeah, not they until say like, once, not until like two thirds through the movie. So there's a point at which I checked and I was like, is that supposed to be Renee Montoya? And I was like, no, no. it's Rodriguez or something like that. They gave her a different name because they wanted them to be those characters, but they were like, oh, they're evil versions of those characters. They're corrupt cops at this point. And they're like, we didn't want to do that to those characters who yeah, are, yeah, you know, yeah. the question basically in DC now. And Harvey Bullock's always a piece of shit who's around and like i think he's still yeah he kicks around i mean he's he not he's, he's not there. yeah not not featured very often but he's still around yeah fair enough so yeah he goes after them and then he goes uh after does he go after anybody else after that well no because there's that colin reese guy who's going to tell the world who batman is right in, on the news or whatever and he decides that like he doesn't want anybody to find out who batman is because now he's kind of decided he's infatuated with batman because they meet at the penthouse right there's like, like three seconds where they're face to face yeah yeah in the penthouse and he decides like now i'm in love with the guy in the bat suit which is a pretty joker way to go about things yeah and so he decides he needs to have everybody kill colin reese who does give morgan freeman the best scene in the movie where it like the guy goes into blackmail him and he's like, so that's your plan is to blackmail the guy who's <laughs> yeah. Batman and rich. That's yeah. I love okay. That. <laughs> Good. Good. You try that. <laughs> let, let me know how that works out for you. Yeah. yeah that's a good idea. Go, go try a blackmail Batman. Who's also a billionaire. That's a good idea. And clearly a fucking psychopath. Like that's yeah, I was like, clearly just, very just, stable. Very that, stable. That, that like legit kills a bunch of fucking people in this movie. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> that's like when he he ejects from the Batmobile after the Batmobile is destroyed, and he's driving around on the car or the pod. I guess it's a yeah, bike, the pod, right? the, the pod, and he's driving through the mall, like blowing the glass out and shit. I'm like, how's nobody getting hurt here? Like, there's no <laughs> civilians getting like trampled yeah. by Batman driving his fucking motorcycle through a goddamn through mall. A mall. Like, yeah, through like, like a, through like a subway station. Like it's like one of those underground like subway yeah, station malls kind of thing. Yeah, super narrow and stuff. I was like, yeah. that's that looks that looks safe. I'm sure everybody survived that. Plus he's yeah, blowing up cars. Like how does he know there's not but people just sitting in those cars he's <laughs> blowing up. Like those kids were just sitting in the car. He could have blown that those those poor kids yeah. up. He definitely killed that like, you know, that dude getting a blowy from a prostitute in the back of that one car. Hey, you don't know. I mean, to be <laughs> fair, Batman would probably beat the shit out of him for being a John, but you know. <laughs> 
Yeah, so Joker goes off and does all that. And in the meantime, Two-Face kidnaps Gordon's family because he thinks that Gordon had something to do with... Oh, he, because he, he couldn't save Rachel, basically. Yes, yeah. yeah. And, like, and because the, he was the only one of the three of them that like suffered a loss, and he decides that the other two need to you know be punished equally to him yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Crazy person logic. Crazy movie person logic. Yeah. And then we find out that Gordon... Well, we find we find out that Gordon's alive a little before that, but Gordon and his... Like, basically tries to like convince Dent to kill him instead of killing his family. Then Bruce comes in and basically kills Harvey Dent. Yeah. Yeah, but he also just saved the Joker. Or let's, too, right? let's Harvey Dent. Because like, he saves, he saves Wait, all sorry, the that's, hostages, that's after. at least, right? Yeah, that's after. That, sorry, yeah. that is after the Joker. I'm butchering this fucking thing. Uh, <laughs> that, that's after the Joker's final scheme, which is to uh, basically, like, show how terrible the people of Gotham City are by, like, putting bombs on two fairies. I don't know when the fuck he had time to do all this, for sure. He is not like, a sleeper, obviously. He is, like, this, this dude is fucking industrious. Yes. <laughs> fucking Tyler Durden shit, right? Yeah, the, the Joker doesn't sleep, so that's fine. That's how you yeah. explain that away. That's why he's crazy, because he just stops sleeping. Yeah, so... so Yeah, so he's loaded up two fairies with explosives, and somehow he knew that one of them was going to end up full of civilians and the other one was going to end up full of convicts that are getting evacuated from the island because in this well, universe well i think gotham city's like canonically like on an island kind of like manhattan sort of thing yeah so there are two detonators and basically each of these groups have the capability to blow up the other boat to save themselves pretty much and then both in the end decide oh it's okay we're not terrible people although like a big chunk of the civilians vote to blow up the fucking convicts. Yeah. So like, they're not all good people, but, but yeah, both of them decide, no, we're not going to do it. And then the Joker's like, Oh, I'm sad. But at least he like got to piss off Batman. And then there does, has like a whole upside down speech where he talks about like how he still won because he like corrupted the best man in Gotham, Harvey Dent. And then, and that's when he goes off and Batman, kills slash lets rv dent die yeah well i mean he pushes him off a very high ledge so that's <laughs> yeah. that's manslaughter at least yeah i guess yeah i mean but considering batman's body count in this movie it's not the worst thing well i guess it is kind of the worst thing he does in the movie but like <laughs> that's why he's batman because that's the whole point of the movie but in any other version of this movie that is less, you know, the the dark and gritty version, he yeah. tries to save Harvey because, like, they're friends and, you know, tries to bring him back from Two-Face to be Harvey again kind of thing. Yeah, the Batman the Animated Series version of this is Batman giving him a speech and Harvey accidentally dying in some horrible explosion, like dying, Disney dying in some yeah. horrible explosion only to and come back in back. three episodes. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. <laughs> yeah. That's basically, yeah, this is just like the Chris Nolan, like, well, I'm going to fucking end this because I don't want to make any more of these things, even though I'm going to get forced to make another one in like four years. So, And then, oh, and and then we end with Gordon, who's now Commissioner Gordon, basically telling the police that Batman did, like, killed all the people that Dent killed, uh, including Dent, to save face, to save Two-Face face, basically, (laughs) so that uh, people, like, remember Harvey Dent as a hero rather than, like, the rather than him living long enough to become the villain. Yeah. So I don't understand why he didn't just say the Joker killed all of those people and fucking move on. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Joker's still alive is the, yeah, the like yeah. which is the other baffling thing. Is like they killed 
like the wrong villains, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you could have got a whole movie out of Two Face if you'd left them alive, and like, instead we get four scenes, and yeah, we'll get we'll get to it in gripes. That's like my big gripe about this movie. Yeah, um, is the the weird usage of Harvey Dent. But yeah. so we end this movie basically with Batman being a villain and vilified, and and then yeah, and Gordon like smashing the fucking bat signal, fade to black. The and then. Like Gordon literally says, calls him the Dark Knight. Yeah, he has to spell it out and roll credits. <laughs> yeah, has to spell it out for the audience, right? Like this is why we call him that. That is yeah. the point of the. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so that's the plot of the Dark Knight. What are your? What did you think? What, what do you like? Or do you have like huge gripes, Alicia? I'm really curious to hear your opinion on this movie because <laughs> she's just quietly sitting there giggling at us. It was fine. It was fine. So there it is. That's what I was looking forward to. I was looking forward to seeing your face when I said the same thing about Batman than I did about Bill and Ted. Yeah. <laughs> there is one note in particular that I just want to read verbatim that I wrote. Is it about the voice? I'm hoping it's about the voice. No, it's not. But oh, oh. my God. I know I'm a millennial and I'm obligated to think this, but Heath Ledger is fucking iconic. <laughs> yeah, that's He's so good. The rest of yeah. the movie is just the rest of the acting in the movie is just so meh, but he is so good. I actually don't mind most of the acting in this movie, but he is like a step above everybody else in terms yeah. of like the performance and stuff. Like you can tell everybody's like clambering to keep up with him when he's on screen with them and stuff. Like I, I don't envy Bale having to try and outact Heath Ledger while he's wearing 16 pounds of Kevlar. Bale's the only one that like stands up to him. Yeah. Even, like even like a half decent way. Like yeah. everybody else is, is definitely just being like, Holy fuck. Like, how am I going to, you know, do this without looking, making it look ridiculous. Whereas like Bale's like, okay, I can, I can almost get there. Yeah. He's almost there because there's actually, there's a scene, there's a story about this movie where like, I guess when they first brought him out onto set, it was the uh, the penthouse, like the party scene. And the take they use, he walks right by Michael Caine, who apparently had not seen him in his makeup yet and forgot his fucking line when he saw Heath Ledger like strolling through as the Joker, like Jesus. in character. Yeah. And was just like, I don't, I forgot my line. Like there's, there's supposed yeah. to be him saying something there. And Michael Caine, this Michael fucking Caine, right? It was just like, ah, ah. Like he got flummoxed by just seeing Heath Ledger show up on set. So like this is the kind of performance you're talking about, where Michael fucking Kane is like, ah, <laughs> shit, what do we do here? But yeah, I agree. And like, I guess we're all millennials who have to love Heath Ledger in this movie. But yeah, he is like that Joker performance. I went back and saw this movie fucking four times in like six days because of that Joker performance because I just wanted to watch him do it over and over again. So. If a role is going to kill you, what a fucking role to go out on. Yeah, yeah. like, I would have liked to see him do it, like, six more times, to be yeah. fair, which is the other problem. But, but I think yeah. that's, like, part of it, right? Like, I mean, he definitely had, obviously, chemical dependency issues as well, but, like, I don't know that if he'd done it again, I don't know, like, that he it would have been the same. Yeah, but that, that didn't have to like, be, right? Like it could yeah. it's it's the Joker. It's total anarchy. It could be whatever he wanted it to be the second time out. And you could just be like, well, it's just how the Joker's feeling that day. Yeah. You know, and he's whimsical that day as opposed to pencil and eyeball fucking yeah. that day. It's or just whatever. it's just hard for me to imagine how we could have got another movie this good out of 
even that version of the Joker. I don't know. Yeah, fair. So yeah, um, I also I, I think the movie overall is very pretty. It is very it's shot pretty well. There are definitely some parts of it that don't necessarily stand up when you're sitting five feet away from a sixty five inch television, but. <laughs> This isn't the time of my life I want to be watching this movie. It, it no. is, it's so grimdark, and yeah. everything is so grimdark now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's definitely a movie from like a different age. It's harder to relax watching this movie. Like things hit you th- differently now. Like even just like we were joking around about the Joker and the masks and shit like that. But like all the stuff about surveillance states and stuff, I was like, oh. This is yeah. aged 12 years on makes me even more uncomfortable now than it did in 2008. And they deal with that really responsibly though with. Yeah, absolutely. Bruce giving Lucius the kill switch. Basically. It's a good thing. Lucius is so moral. <laughs> yeah. And that's, that's the, like Bruce is clearly at the start of this, like on a path to like almost fascism kind of thing. Like he's, you know, he's, he's on a path where he's you know going to be real self-destructive. But by that point in the movie, you start to realize that like Bruce is, has recognized in himself that like he needs checks and balances and that Lucius is one of those for him. And that's why yeah. he gives that over to, to Lucius. And that's like historically part of the Batman character is like the ability to kind of take it too far. Like we see it in continuity. Like oh, that's yeah. kind of yeah, the dark Knight returns Batman. Like the Frank Miller Batman is very much like, Batman who just came unhinged and like never had those checks and balances put in place for him or whatever. So like even I think where you see it the most in this movie is uh, the, the interrogation room uh, between Bruce and the Joker. Because like you can tell how close Bruce gets to the edge there because like he barricades the door. Like he's about to do something that he knows that the cops are going to try and stop him from doing that kind of thing. Well, you're not really supposed to beat the shit out of here. Uh, (laughs) Well, prisoners <laughs> like that so like even just punching him once is enough for the cops but to these, go actually to be not fair, Gotham not cops. Even, like he's not even a law enforcement agent the fact that he's in there at all is kind of yeah, up exactly. in the air you know what i mean <laughs> so like it's hard to say all this stuff is like morally dubious at best and legally gray you know at worst i guess because like it's still vigilantism like it's still a guy in a suit you don't know who he is and he's just like telling you he's in charge basically like this is his city i'm batman or whatever so. like when he busts yeah. into that uh that crime scene that they're trying to process and he's like yeah i need to process this before you because you're gonna fuck it up and the, yeah. the cop is like what is he doing here he shouldn't be here at all yeah i wish cops were actually like that yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 2020 has changed so much guys yeah it's, it's funny because like you're supposed to be on the cop's side and stuff like that and i'm like i'm not on any of these cops so i guess this is like one of those exceptions where like most of the cops are shitty fucking corrupt cops and you're like i don't think gotham city or like i try to, what am i trying to say it's like i didn't think that like gotham city would be it's supposed to be uh and like a heightened reality version of a police department <laughs> not like a fucking documentary version of a police department which we've now yeah. found out that it actually kind of is so yeah. like uh it's a little it's it's weird watching like you almost want batman to be like the guy who's not on the cop side either at this point like, right it gives a so. decent story arc though at least for i mean like the police department itself has like a story arc right because you start yeah. out with commissioner Loeb, and then you get jim gordon like rising through the ranks and like doing whatever he can to kind of yeah you know get the rod out of the police department from the inside and then by like the next movie you've got like not a perfect police department but a much better you know gcpd than we have in fucking batman begins by far 
Yes, that is definitely true. So we want to talk about like Rachel Dawes a little bit before we completely forget that Maggie Gyllenhaal is in this movie. I already said I I prefer her in the role to Katie Holmes. I think that she just works better. I'm more a fan of her as an actor as well. I mean, it's weird. Like she doesn't really look much like Katie Holmes to me. Like they tried to fucking dye her hair, but like the skin tone is real different. Yeah, well, they don't look at all alike. You'd be better off. You would almost been better off like hiring Anne Hathaway to replace Katie Holmes with. You know what I mean? Because they look more alike. Yeah. Would have robbed me of my Catwoman though. So like I'm I'm cool with this. (laughs) This is fine. Totally fine with the way this turned out. Because like she's not in the movie enough for it to make that big a difference. And you know what does she have? Like six scenes. Yeah, I think she plays the emotional notes better than Katie Holmes did. Well, I mean, she probably has better script to deal with than Katie Holmes did because yeah. Katie Holmes had some choppy dialogue to deal with. True. But uh, yeah, no, I, I, I still don't like I don't care one way or the other at this point. I, I hate these shoehorn romances in these movies. That's kind of one of my big takeaways from like the trilogy as a whole is the constantly forcing him into a romance with a character that's not Catwoman just irritates yeah. or Talia, I guess, in the next movie also. But like having those characters show up who are like canonical, you know, romances for Batman that I'm like, yeah, these characters make sense as love interest for him. Whereas this like very like pie eyed DA yeah. who thinks she can save the world. I'm like, I don't always buy that. Buy out it, of, but, out right. of all of the like forced fucking romances, this one feels the least forced to me. And they at least give her something to do. Like, let's be honest fucking like was her Basinger is Vicky Vale. Oh, I mean like, yeah, if you're going to compare like, it to those this. movies, Oh yeah. my God. Yeah, or, or like fucking Nicole Kidman, like fucking was just there to look pretty. Like, like Rachel well, no, Dawes. Is she like actually had actual. lines. It's not like uh, Elle McPherson. I think yeah, was that, in the fourth that one, yeah. where it's just like she's just there to be just like a, just the fucking beard. Yeah, <laughs> to, well, yeah especially to, in Batman and Robin. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like such a case of the not case. Yeah, she's just the fucking beard to cover up Batman and Dick's uh, relationship. Yeah, I'm so glad I haven't watched any of these other movies. Oh man, I would love I would have loved to got Alicia's like take on Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. <laughs> Batman and that would have been that would have been genius. <laughs> oh, Tim Just... got some of it because I went down there while he was watching it and I sat through probably five minutes of fucking Mr. Freeze puns and I was like, I'm out. I can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would have been me if I wasn't having a fucking watch of the podcast. Yeah, that's all my fault. <laughs> you can blame Mark. That's fine. I'm cool with it. Yeah, now I'm like lost in my hate for Batman and Robin again. (laughs) You know what I actually wanted to hear was Alicia's thoughts on Uma Thurman and as Poison Ivy was more what I was curious (laughs) about. Like her catching the Arnold thing was, I was like, eh, that's fine. Cause like everybody catches that. But like the, the super draggy, like, rendition of Poison Ivy. Yeah, that that was something special. Uh, (laughs) And painful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's those movies, right? In a nutshell, either way. Um, Yeah. So like Maggie Gyllenhaal, fine. Like I accept that it's it so forgettable. Yeah, and like that—that's the character. Also, like the character is not super. Remember, like you're not you, nobody's favorite character is Rachel Dawes in Batman Begins. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think not, that they did a really good job in this movie of casting people who look really average. There's a lot of Chris Nolan e casting yeah. where they look like where like the, there's three or four people who are like, oh yeah, that's Christian Bale who's six foot three and like. Christian Bale handsome and all that kind of stuff, but everybody else is like Gary Oldman frumpy and like Morgan yeah. Freeman, who's an old man and Michael Caine, who's an old man. And yeah, 
Eric Roberts playing a gangster. Fucking surprise, surprise. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> Maggie Gyllenhaal, who looks like a soccer mom. Like, it looks like she just got out of her SUV and, like, hopped on set, basically, right? Like, they're all pretty regular. Even Aaron Eckert, who's, like, he was good-looking, but he's, like, average dude good-looking kind of thing. God, like, that fucking haircut. I cannot with that fucking haircut. Rough, it's yeah. so yeah. bad. It's that, almost like, swoopy, like Michael Keaton bad. Swoopy, mm. like, shitty blonde dye job. Like, mm-hmm. god damn it. It's worst wig. Yeah. Is it what I couldn't tell if it was a wig or um, not? Like it looked, it looks, it's it it's Trump esque in terms of its phoniness. I'll give I it that much. So. That it was a wig. Yeah. Well, I don't, Aaron Eckert's got quite the head of hair. Wow. Did you hear my voice crack right there? It's puberty yeah. time again. <laughs> hey guys. Oh yeah. Let's do this. This is a better podcast, I think for sure. <laughs> the popcorn machine's on fire. Oh God. <laughs> And what else did you like in this fucking movie? Holy shit. Uh, let's see. I, I like Aaron Eckert as Dent overall. Yeah, um, I agree. Even though, even though his fucking name is a spoiler. Yeah. I, I like, you know, the whole... I mean, I know it's it's like a little bit corny looking back, but I like, you know, the whole you die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. I mean, it all, all telegraphs it, but like, again, you know what his fate is just based on his name. Yeah. It's just too bad. His fate didn't happen in the third movie as opposed to happening like yeah. in five seconds at the end of this one. So I agree. It's, it's rushed for sure, but they given that they did cram it into a single movie, I think they play his like descent pretty well. Like you can see that he's getting really frustrated with, with the legal system and everything before he gets burned. You know, he's yeah. got the, the double-sided coin before and everything. And he, has a couple moments where he's like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, just just say fuck it or whatever. And then he catches himself kind of thing. So you can start yeah. to see the cracks there. Well, I mean, like Batman has to stop him from like playing Russian roulette with that guy's head. Even if he like yeah. was using the coin and like playing the game or whatever, he's still pointing a loaded gun at somebody's head. Like accidents fucking happen even to yeah. the best of us, you know? So like, yeah, I kind of, yeah, he's, he's obviously fraying at that point, especially once they threaten Rachel. Like that's, in between them threatening her and them kidnapping both of them and killing them or her. So, yeah. And watching like having his origin tied to the Joker like that is an interesting take and a take that I like because it also helps to drive home the level of threat that the Joker is that he can take this good man and corrupt him like this, you know, that he knows just the fucking like buttons to push and the notes to play to, to push him over the edge. It would have been almost fun to ha- like again. It's like they they have that third movie and to show some of that animosity between the two of them, which like is present in the comics also, right? Like like yeah. Harvey and the Joker don't get along because Harvey's very like Law and Order, even if he is from that side of things, and like the Joker is the Joker's the Joker, right? Yeah. <laughs> so like to everybody else in Gotham, he's like just stay the fuck away from that lunatic. So yeah, and like the effects on his face on or what's fucking left of his face hold up pretty well even after like 12 years like they did a good fucking job on that yeah make makeup slash cg yeah held up in 4k too so like i I was i was really looking too because i was like that was the one where i was concerned that the scene was going to show because i knew it was just like it's a cgi shit show all across his face yeah so i was like i'm gonna see something here finally when i'm really paying attention and i didn't really notice anything too much there's some weird like cg jank just from like eye doesn't quite track properly or whatever yeah, I was gonna but, say, you know. it's his eye that's the weak link there <laughs> yeah but like other than that like for 2008 like it still holds up if you're not looking at it super close so yeah and i like the little uh element of his 
name not just being like oh it's because half of my face is scarred but like that it actually is because like internal affairs had given him that name i don't think that is that pulled from the comics or is that i think that's original to this yeah Yeah. if it is i don't remember it ever having been pulled like in a book that i've read although like i've read so many it may have been in there i just kind of slipped my mind but i don't think i don't remember him being in internal affairs or like ever having been mentioned as in internal affairs ever in the comics but i could be wrong again so but that works for me as a backing story for that character so yeah what else i mean i i've got a fucking like paragraph on ledger's joker it's just the laugh right off the bat like when you see him his silhouette just coming in on that opening scene or not the opening scene, but like the introductory scene with the disappearing pencil and everything. Every time I hear that laugh for the first time, I just like, I get fucking chills. Like it's just so unsettling. And I, I forget every time how fucking good it is. It's what, what I always forget is how creepy he is to watch. Like just as he's moving through the scenes and stuff, he's fucking gross. Like the physicality. Yeah, exactly. Like the way he's licking thing. Yeah, like he's chewing on his fucking cheeks and he's licking and he, like he's his hands are always moving. He's always checking his pockets for knives and shit. Like he's always doing something that's like, what is he thinking in his head? Wait, I don't want to know what's going on in that fucking. Wait, I kind of do because I think I might get stabbed <laughs> in the fucking nuts. Wait, I'm just going to run. It's like kind of the whole. <laughs> yeah. Like when you see him walk through, you can tell that he's like tonguing where the scars would be inside his cheeks and shit like that. And so yeah. it just works. It works so fucking well. Well, it's like, it, it's funny too, because like you see him, like the, the other cast react to him. And like, again, like going back to that penthouse scene, that whole bit where Maggie Gyllenhaal is like looking away from him, I guess she was legit having a reaction to his just physical presence. Physically having trouble looking like at him. Like being yeah. that close to him and like with all that crap on him and stuff. Like he was terrifying, I guess, up close. And she was like that, him holding her face to force her to look at him was kind of almost enforced method acting. Cause she didn't was having like a weird, she said in interviews where she was having like a weird reaction to just like seeing him that gross. And I'm like, that's, I mean, that's quality right there. Give me that. Give me that yeah. joker over and over again. You know, like that's the joker. <laughs> like he, I shouldn't be able to look him in the face. He should be terrifying just when he walks in the room. So, and he fucking is. And mm. it's, it, I mean, it's a take on the joker that, this isn't my favorite version of the Joker, but it's definitely the right choice for this Batman and these these movies, this version of Gotham kind of thing. Yeah. Like this is very much that like he's the opposite to Batman's number. He's you know, yin to his yang. He's like the I mean he even calls himself an agent of chaos, which is a little fucking on the nose, but it's so good that I don't care. Yeah, he's the Joker. He's allowed to say shit like that because he's probably gonna back it up. And if he doesn't, he's still going to stab you in the eyeball five seconds later anyway. So what are you going to do? And it's interesting because, like, you know, if you had to ask somebody, like, describe the Joker for me, people would say, like, oh, he's just this, like, fucking, like, crazy chucklehead. He's got, like, all these weird fucking, like, gadgets and laughing gas and, like, fucking big hammers and shit like that. And this is nowhere near that version of the Joker, but you can still tell, like, he's still got it just it really hyper focuses on the like chaotic criminal genius side of the character rather than like the goofy fucking clown version of the character. Yeah. And like everything about the character works, like his clothing, like he's using knives, like all that stuff ties back into this like kind of anarchist terrorist joker that they're doing here as opposed to like the, yeah, like I have a giant typewriter, gleeful, maniacal, like roguish whatever like i'm robbing banks i mean he does rob he robs a bank i guess but like he also (laughs) kills eight guys in the process of doing it and stuff right like 
that little plan to that like that was the teaser was it not like was that not released ahead of time yeah the bank robbery scene was like, i remember on ins- downloading that yeah me too what was yeah. it on it was on like prestige or something like that i think like the summer before this movie came out i remember i mean i remember downloading it as like a like a dot mov dot mov yeah file. it was it was a like a quicktime player file from uh apple.com yeah. back when they were like the only place you could get like high def trailers, trailers and stuff yeah, yeah yeah all through the itunes yeah, store you, and you'd take like three hours to download or some shit yeah and, like on dial up or whatever a halfway, a halfway decent resolution yeah absolutely yeah i remember downloading those in like high def for the first time and being like you know we've arrived like it's it's future times yeah. now i watched this i got i downloaded this trailer in three minutes and it's in high def <laughs> we are in the future now you know so that's <laughs> yeah. around this era actually 2008 would have been around when like high def or like whatever like you were getting everybody had high speed and stuff so you would start getting these yeah, movie trailers come down that weren't dog shit slow anymore yeah I mean, now I see that speed and I'm like, this is dog shit slow, but that's, you know, (laughs) but yeah, you were saying like the sort of anarcho terrorist kind of version of the Joker. And that's, that's what I like about it is like, he does have well thought out plans, but they're fucking just so insane that they're like, they're impossible to predict. And it's also like the end results are so nebulous where it's like, oh, I'm just, I'm here to corrupt people in Gotham and turn them evil and shit. I'm like, how do you prove that he didn't do that just by existing at this point? Like, there's no way to, like, it's such a big, weird, nebulous idea that he's trying to, like, prove by doing all this craziness that, like, Like, it almost makes it, like, nothing, right? Like, it's, he's just doing it for the fucking joy of doing it at that point because that's what he says. Yeah, the reasons he like says, that he gives for doing it are all bullshit. Basically, he's just like, I just want to yeah. fucking blow things up. So like, here I am, like blowing everything up because I can. Yeah. Well, I was so. that huge stack of money. It, it really. Oh, when he burns, that's an awesome scene where he it's burns so it. And you're just like, yeah, and he slides. I like the, but there is that fun little like Joker bit where he slides down. Like that's you know, like goofy Joker stuff where he slides down the side of the money thing and he's getting in the chest and like he's getting in that guy's face and he's like talking about, I'm going to chop you up and feed you to the dogs and all this other shit. And I'm like, Oh, okay, whatever. And then he burns the money and you're like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? Like, (laughs) you're like, Oh, he, he's crazy, crazy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's, it's not, it's not just like, Oh, he's evil. It's like, Oh yeah. He's just fucking nuts. Like that's a lot of money to just burn. So yeah. Well, yeah, and like even the analogy that he uses in the movie is perfect. It's like I'm like a dog chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do if I caught it. You know, it's it's yeah. just it's it's a compulsion for him. It's always lying, like the whole time. Yeah. He's just the devil sure. the whole time. Like because he asked Dent, "Do I look like a guy with a plan?" And it's like, well, no. But like the whole point of this movie is that you have it's- all these plans. So like. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, actually, you do look like a guy with a lot of plans. You're the Joker. This is how these fucking movies work. So, I don't know. I don't like. Yeah. yeah, he's so good. Like that scene, like between him and Dent, is just like that. Must have been an Aaron Eckert's contract. He's like, you have to have me in one fucking scene with that Joker for like yeah. even if it's thirty seconds because I got to have a scene with him. Because you can imagine, there's like Morgan Freeman doesn't really get it, doesn't get a scene with him, and Gary Oldman no. gets the, the the bits in the jail with him, but they don't really interact yeah. too much. And so it's just like, I'm trying to think of like the old guys who are in the other movie. Michael Caine doesn't really interact with them. It's just like Bale and Eckert, right? So like, you've got to get those interactions in. Because Michael Caine botched his attempt to to interact with them in the penthouse scene, apparently. (laughs) Shit his pants instead. Yeah, shit his pants. I mean, if that's the first time you see that, you remember the first time you saw that? You're like, that's what the Joker was going to look like in this movie? And you were like, 
that's a scuzzy, gross looking fucking Joker we're getting here. Like, what are we like? What direction are we going in here? Because they they gave you that teaser and you're like, okay, yeah. what is this going to be? And it's not so you're like the pencil trick where you're like, oh, it's that Joker we're getting. Like, that's some Grant Morrison shit. Like, all right, he's nuts, nuts. So I'm on yeah. board. And I remember that too. Like we've already shouted out like the marketing for this movie a few times. Mm. Like they marketed the shit out of this fucking movie. Like all that viral like, marketing they did. Like I got I this yeah, is something like I even wise- got involved with. Like the augmented reality stuff they were doing for like I believe in Harvey Dent I, and yeah, like I believe in Harvey Dent. The why so serious stuff. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff was was like it was. It's pro- it's probably like I imagine it's one of those ad campaigns that they probably fucking teach now. Uh, it is actually, yeah. Like it comes up in marketing classes now. Like yeah. if you're like launching big budget movies and stuff, like The Dark Knight's a, a case study now because of how they did all that. It's like the early, the earliest, earliest, earliest example of like all that augmented reality, like mm-hmm. go like geocaching, using geocaching for like unveiling teaser shit and all that kind of stuff. Like there was yeah. something in there. I was they they just did a thing. They just put a documentary out on YouTube about like the making of the Dark Knight trilogy, which is really interesting. I got a bunch of like that's where I heard the Michael Caine being terrified of Heath Ledger's story was in there. So I recommend everybody go and watch that if you are more interested in more behind the scenes stuff about these movies. Is this a new one? Like it's not one that's on the yeah. the Blu-ray set or whatever? No, it, it it was it premiered it was one of those things, you know, that Warner Brothers has been just dumping stuff on YouTube as like mm. like they did a Batmobile documentary a couple months ago that like Kevin yeah. Smith hosted or something like that. And like there was that I think it was released as part of that. It looks like something that would have been on the DVD box set for sure, because there's like talking head interviews with everybody and like you get Chris Nolan like stock interviews and stuff in there. But mm. uh yeah, there's a lot of cool information that came out. But like, yeah, the Michael Caine story really stuck out to me. It's just like, that's fucking hilarious and cool all at the same time where he's just too scared to even like say something to him at that point. So I love this version of of the origin or lack thereof of the Joker. You know, I, this is this is where it first kind of becomes canon that in the movies anyways, in the live action stuff that he doesn't have an origin you know, that yeah, he's just the fucking force of nature. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He, he changes the story of how he gets scars every time he tells a story. And then it furthers that Gordon goes into the whole, like his prints or rent dental records don't match anything. His clothes are all custom. He has no ID, no wallet, no nothing. So they have no way to track him and figure out who he really was is kind of thing. Yeah. Or was or whatever in the that penthouse scene with the the Harvey Dent fundraiser I love that in terms of showing I love that they didn't never tried to have fucking Joker go toe to toe with the bat like in a fist fight kind of thing yeah he always uses his surroundings to try and gain an yeah. advantage right like he's yeah exactly he fights he fights fucking dirty like he he takes hostages he'll like he fucking like physically throws his goons <laughs> at the batman <laughs> rather than like rather than fighting him himself yeah i love that that's like a fantastic shot in the background where you see him like wrestling with his buddy like i want but like, you have to go fight him first i'm in charge <laughs> it's almost yeah. like two like two teenagers like i don't want to get you go deal with dad first kind of thing yeah in the background and he's got that little like jackknife in the boot like the boot knife thing that he does too it's just like yeah you're a dirty you're a dirty fucking fighter right there what are you gonna do (laughs) kick him in the balls with your knife boot and the one thing i think i picked up for the first i'm not sure if i'd picked this up before or not was that the majority of the henchmen that he finds are like people with mental health issues so he's yeah and i think that really works for the character because because he's fucking insane himself can understand their mindsets and know how he can like manipulate those to his advantage. Yeah. 
it, yeah, and he does. And and again, it's something that gives him an advantage over like Batman over the police because they can't get in the headspace of those people the way that he can. Yeah. Well, and it's not like the police are super great ever, even in real life, and dealing with people with mental illness yeah. either way. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, lock lock them in that uh, the cell. I, that's still one of those shots. I, I guess one of my favorite Nolan shots. That kind of zoom out shot of the explosion happening, where you watch it like hit all the walls and like at the end, at Heath the, Ledger's standing there, like in the in the police department, where oh, like yeah, they yeah. they've sewn that cell phone bomb inside that dude, and Fuck. you watch the explosion happen. <laughs> like, is it wait? Like, comes up through the window and stuff. It's all yeah. that's like Chris Nolan. Like, I hired an awesome cinematographer to shoot this movie for me kind of stuff but yeah that scenes because he's got that awesome reaction shot right after where like he stands up through the explosion and just kind of shakes it off and then walks yeah. away basically like escapes because of it yeah. and it's just like if you're just watching him just be the joker 100 well, like the whole time right like he never leaves character he's just always in it like every reaction he has is in character it's terrifying yeah. What else? There was, there's got to be something else we, should, we have to talk about specifically about. Oh, the videos. That's what it is in my notes. The videos where like the first time it's not the first time, but like Bruce and Alfred are watching TV and they're like on a news report and they have that scene where he's kidnapped the fake Batman mm. and he's terrorizing him and you yeah. don't really see him until the end of the, sc- the scene. But he's screaming at the guy that like, look at me shout that like if you're watching it on a good sound system, you can hear from fucking three goddamn yeah. houses down. And he sounds like it's yeah, it's modded a little bit, but like he sounds horrifying at that point. And like the guy looks like he's about he's obviously shit himself. And he sounds possessed at that point, basically. Like it's, you know, if this were a horror movie, that would be the scene where you're like, oh, fuck, he's got like a spirit. He's a demon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which works. I mean, that's, you know, definitely another possible. That's an interpretation of the Joker. Yeah, that kind of works, too. So that that's fine. The opening scene with like the bank robbery is the perfect. I mean, it's not full like the full introduction. Yeah, but like it works so well because the robbery itself is basically just one chaotic event after another. Like you know, for instance, him like telling all the other henchmen just to kill each other so they could get more, get a larger cut, and then you know things don't always go perfectly to his plan, but he just rolls with the chaos as it happens. And like, you get the idea through that by the end of that scene that like, this is a villain that just has no fucking regard for life whatsoever. He's just yeah. killing. Like he doesn't even look when he like shoots the guy that was driving the bus. Yeah. Like he just sprays behind him. Well, I mean like the, the bus driver bit where he just kind of like casually moves away. Like I like that little, yeah. like he slides two steps to the right. And then like the guy gets smoked by the butt. Like doesn't say anything doesn't even acknowledge that it happened just keeps walking and doing whatever he's doing yeah because like it's yeah character's so good all the way through even his little speech at the end where he's yelling at batman i'm like this should be a little bit too much like almost hyperbolic at this point in the movie but i'm like no i'm right here for him telling batman that there are Mm -hmm. eternal enemies and like yep i'm on board i fucking love the choice to have him hanging upside down but flipping the camera so it looks like he's standing up it was such a good choice yeah, that's like a weird, creepy, like vibe to the whole, like proceed, like the, his whole speech has this weird, like otherworldly vibe because of that, because he's just kind of dangling and swaying, but it's unnatural swaying because it's inverted and all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, it's some cool like cinematography trickery to get you to just feel really uncomfortable throughout that whole monologue. And some of his best scenes have no fucking like lines whatsoever. Like one of my favorite 
Joker scenes in the movie is him walking away from Gotham General as it explodes behind him, and then the whole thing with the fucking detonator that's not yeah, working, that's and, so good, and hitting it and everything, and then the rest of it blows up, and he, he just he, he, you see him jump a little bit, but and then yeah, he's, he's like he starts he starts a smile spread across his face, and yeah, oh fuck, it's just chilling. Yeah, yeah, no, there's a, there isn't a scene in this movie where he's on screen where you're like not watching him because he's just he's mm-hmm. doing Joker shit the whole time, like he's just in character the whole time. It's it's pretty intense. So it's a lot to stand up to in terms of like whatever is coming after and like came before and all that other kind of stuff. So I can't even imagine like being Christian Bale and acting alongside him and knowing I can only speak in that monotone voice. That's yeah, raping my voice. throat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the bat voice, like we talked about it a little bit. This is where it's like in full effect and it's like, there's a couple scenes where he's monologuing a little bit and I'm like, all right, you could just do the whisper growl thing you did in the last movie and it'd be totally fine. But like, <laughs> we really committed to this, like this growl shout thing he decided to do. Okay. I guess. I mean, good for him for picking something and sticking with it, but holy shit, it could have been better. Yeah. He emotes through it as best as he can. And I think it works for this version. I think if I had to pick like a ver, well, I mean, Kevin Conroy does the best fucking bat voice uh, yeah. to, and like has a very different timber to his voice as, as Bruce. But, but I like the way that they did it for Batfleck too, where he, it's modulated when he's yeah, in the, the voice modulation. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I mean, that was, that works too. that's actually a, like a Kevin Smith idea. He said that on a podcast and they stole that from him. Apparently nice. like just use the voice modulator. Yeah. Two, a year later, that's exactly what happened in Batman v Superman. <laughs> so there you go. Let's see what else. Do I like about this movie. The, we talked about this a little bit versus Batman begins, but it continues on through this. I mean, obviously this is a pretty fucking dark movie, but they use the banter between Bruce and Alfred and Bruce and Lucius, uh, to lighten things up pretty effectively. Yeah. Morgan Freeman's almost only in this movie to diffuse tension at this point. Like he's, he's got all the best lines. It's him or Michael Caine. Who've got all the best lines. I think Michael Caine has better lines in the first movie. Yeah. than he does in this one, Morgan Freeman gets all the good shit in this one. He gets that Coleman Reese bit, like where he's he gets to tell him, like we talked about it already, like the yeah. blackmail thing, which is just like you could tell he's enjoying doing that scene too. He's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is fun. <laughs> like yeah, I'm having exactly. a good time. <laughs> All this weaselly little shit. He's gonna get his head knocked in by the Batman. It's good times. Yeah. So, but then I like I feel like Michael Caine, Alfred is like the best judge of character in this version of Gotham. Like he pegs the Joker before Bruce does. Yeah, you know, whereas whole like some some men just want to watch the world yeah. burn. I think he honestly knows Bruce and Batman better than he knows himself too. Yeah, well, that's I mean, that's you kind know, of knows. the implication of Alfred the whole yeah. time is that he's like Batman's battle butler, right? Like he should know Batman better than Batman knows himself. And yeah. like, yeah, I love that that whole bit where they and I like that they use the Alfred as ex special ops, but they don't actually show you any of it. They just tell you kind of vague noodle incidents that happened in his past, which is the best way to treat it. Like, I don't need to see him being a World War II vet RAF guy or whatever the fuck they end up doing in the comics all the time. It's like miniseries and stuff. Or see 70-year-old Michael Caine, like, you know, with a fucking gun, like shooting somebody or something. Yeah, I don't need need to to see that either. I don't need to see any of that. But I like like that he's got, like, war stories where, like, he did some shady shit in his past. And, like, he's using that to, like, relate to Bruce's, like, kind of shady nighttime practices where he's out in a costume beating up you know homeless people or whatever the fuck batman does kind so, of yeah. shady yeah i mean just kind <laughs> of 
he's a billionaire in a bat suit, like with military grade equipment, beating up fucking criminals. So like, yeah, it's pretty shady overall. <laughs> but like, it's Batman, so we're 100 percent on board, right? Like, that's what we're here for. <laughs> that crunch when uh, when he drops Maroni from like two stories up, knowing <laughs> knowing that it's just going to shatter his legs. Like, I legit said oof out loud. Yeah, when that happens, like, oh no. I liked that because I was like, uh, that's a Batman that's like an effective Batman. He's a scary Batman who will throw you off a roof two stories up. Because he even tells him, he's like, this isn't going to kill me. He's like, good. Fucking I'm awesome. counting I'm on like, it. Yeah. yeah, like, perfect. I'm like, that's Batman. That's fine with me. Like, that's an edgy, edgy Batman. But that, it tracks with the character. He's not going to kill you, but you're not walking away, probably. Yeah. Yeah, the so. feeling on that was fucking brutal, though. It was like straight, like, <laughs> fucking uh, celery stalks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah yeah it's the old yeah. uh the old vader trick right like crunch the celery good times yeah, exactly the yeah the whole like edgy batman i had actually forgotten because i don't know it's been a few years since i've rewatched this i'd forgotten that this is because it's just pervaded the pop culture at this point that this is where the not the hero we deserved but the hero we needed line yeah. came from originated yeah. in this movie because that seems like it's been part of pop culture longer than like 12 years at this point yeah, I feel like it, it had been used in Batman before, but like, yeah, I don't know. Who knows at this point? Again, it's like fucking thousands of issues of comics to like parse through <laughs> that. I can't remember. I'm sure I read at some point and forgotten since then. But yeah, is there anything else we want to blow up before we let Alicia gripe? Because I want to let Alicia gripe a little bit. I can see she's <laughs> pent up over there. I really like Gordon in this movie. I like yes. the, this this storyline of how he gets that commissioner rank, especially after we just fucking sat through like the terrible minor character versions that we got in the third <laughs> well, You mean Pat Engels three three fucking Fuck. scenes per movie, like at best, and like he doesn't even get does he get a line? Yeah, he does get a line in the fourth one. Yeah. I was gonna I was trying to remember if he gets a line in Batman and Robin. But I think he'd been demoted to meter maid in that movie, right? Like he was yeah. in his blues or something like that. So either way. Yeah. Yeah, Commissioner um, Gordon. I mean, like, you can't cast Gary fucking Oldman and not have him be a character. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I like the best about these movies is that, like, they do have Gordon and he does develop alongside Batman through the three movies, right? Like, you get a little bit of an arc for him in the background of all three movies where, like, yeah, he's the corrupt cop who's kind of trying to figure it out in the first one. And, like, the second one, he becomes commissioner. And the third one, he, you know, they call him wartime general and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. I mean, but we'll get to that eventually. So like everybody, like everybody's got their own little arc that finishes off. My biggest gripe at that point is just like the two face stuff, but like, let's, let's cut loose a little bit. Like what, if you have any problems with this movie, which I refuse to acknowledge, there are any problems with this movie. What do you have? I mean, honestly, the biggest one is fucking two face. Yeah. The way that they the plotting of this movie is really fucking bad. Yeah, the, <laughs> see the plotting of the movie when it comes to the Two Face character, I agree. It's like it's a total mess, and it and it's it should have been a hint to the next movie as opposed to like doing Two Face here, doing two full villains in one movie. Yeah, and especially where like you could have introduced and I like fuck, I keep harping on this shit, and it's why when people say these are like the best Batman movies, I'm like, there's room for improvement, because like they didn't need to in- introduce Rachel Dawes, and if they did, they could have at least introduced Harvey Dent in Batman Begins, mm-hmm. so that yeah. he was around, and then like have this story happen in The Dark Knight, and then have The Dark Knight Rises, or I guess whatever The Dark Knight 3 is, and I'm assuming that's what the plan was, is like, to have him come back for the third movie, and have Heath still around, but then like Heath passing away just blows everything up and you're just like fuck it we'll just do Bane and Talia and Catwoman instead because 
Anne Hathaway gets to wear that costume and it's going to make at least Mark happy. So do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Moving him forward into the first movie and not introducing him in the same movie they kill him in would have been more effective or having his story play out until the point he's in the hospital in this movie and then have him come back in part three, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Like the, the third act of this movie feels like it should have been a separate movie. Mm-hmm. Anything after uh, he catches the Joker, like that, that bit where like he goes and deals with Harvey Dent and like yeah. the family situation that feels tacked on to me. Yeah. Which is weird for me to say about this movie. Cause I won't acknowledge that that's a problem generally, <laughs> but like the Harvey Dent stuff is the part of these movies that bothers me the most, where it's like, we've introduced Rachel Dawes at like, yeah, we're going to flip fucking actresses and give her all the worst fucking dialogue and nobody really gives a shit. And I don't believe the chemistry between Katie Holmes and Christian Bale or Christian Bale and Maggie Gyllenhaal. (laughs) I believe the chemistry between Heath Ledger and Christian Bale more than I believe any other chemistry in these movies. That's fair. But I mean, Heath Ledger, he's got chemistry with everybody, even when he is a terrifying psychopath, apparently. So there's that. Yeah, I feel like it might have been it would have been more effective to have that be the start of a third movie, especially if we know that. I mean, it would have been tough to address, though, with Heath Ledger being gone. I wonder because like you wouldn't. How do you address like they they just gloss over the fact that Joker is non-existent in the Rises. Yeah, they don't don't talk about it at all. They don't don't reference him at all. Um, so I guess we're just meant to assume that like he's still in that padded cell at Arkham or whatever. But they go to Arkham and fucking rises, don't they? And then yeah, they yeah, they let so. they let everybody escape from Arkham. There's a bit in the novelization. Mm-hmm. This is how deep this goes <laughs> with me. Is like in the novelization they mention that the only person Bane doesn't let out of Arkham is the Joker because he's been warned mm-hmm. to not do that because it will fuck up his plans. Which yeah, fair. like if if your comic book like knowledgeable then yeah the last person you're gonna let out is gonna be like yeah we're gonna let everybody else out to cause chaos not you though because you'll cause that's too, too much, much chaos <laughs> that's too much chaos so you don't let that guy out so that's kind of how they dealt with it in the novel like in like the novelization but, and like how nolan had it i guess probably in his like head canon, but it's never explicitly said anywhere yeah. that, like they're gonna deal with that and it's i mean rises is what it is and we'll talk about it when we get to do rises in a couple weeks i guess but like it's this movie on its own is fine like that's this is the movie that i just go to to watch basically and then the other two are like i have to be in the mood to sit down and watch all three or like i have to be doing a podcast episode about each movie where i have to (laughs) sit down and watch all three whereas like if i'm just in the mood for a batman movie i pop this one on i watch it and i'm done or i put mask of the phantasm on for the 500th time and do the same thing basically but like these are that's the two batman movies that i go to are these two so yeah i guess that's the end of that yeah, what else do you guys want to bitch about? Come on, Alicia, you got to have more than that. <laughs> I, I do. Uh, of course that I do. Girl. I'm really let down just in general when you compare the amount of care that was put into the cinematography and the amount of care that was put into literally everything else. Yeah, I mean, like, this is a David Esquire script, so it's you're not. I'm not expecting perfection from the, sc- the screenplay. It's all kind of elevated, basically in post. It's, like, it's a Chris Nolan thing where like the script's going to be like it's going to be serviceable (laughs) yeah and then it's just like a lot of really good editing and the fact that we have like this baller cinematographer is going to save us yeah and that's kind of how that all his movies basically work that way i mean i know that i can't expect that much because it's a comic book movie but oh that's harsh (laughs) they won an oscar for this movie heath ledger won an oscar for this movie and it was fucking deserved he was the best thing in this movie (laughs) to be fair the oscars don't know shit because they gave suicide squad an oscar too so like (laughs) 
yeah the oscar oscar winning suicide Suicide squad Squad. yeah Yeah. (laughs) like they did a fantastic job of keeping the tone consistent throughout the entire thing it is very grim dark it is oh my god so green but it's so consistent it's beautiful 2008-ishly green too eh? like that's just like that film tone that's just like yeah mid-2000s like how everything is orange and blue now yes yeah (laughs) Yeah. also awful yeah (laughs) (sighs) sigh yeah it just all of that work in post and i know how long that shit takes yeah it's it's just a little bit of a letdown that they didn't care enough to string together a satisfying movie (laughs) (laughs) fair enough i have one more thing that really fucking bothers me and it's the bat suit oh really you don't like this bat suit no (laughs) because it looks like it's made out of that gross uh, soft touch stuff that everything was covered in in the early teens and i can like uh, visual bits like this thing okay yeah 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 and i can feel it i can feel that disgusting kind of frictiony but slippery way that everything felt back then. And <laughs> oh, it, oh, it's awful. Also, I think the, and Tim has corrected me about this, the cowl looks ridiculous. She was calling it the mat, the helmet. I is was what calling, was calling it the helmet. It is a helmet. It, it absolutely is. is in this movie because they, they, this is the movie where they finally fucking split it from the, the neck part. Like it's supposed to be, like that's all one big piece piece, right like yeah in the comics it's like one big piece but like it doesn't fucking work like if you had watched the other movies with us you would have heard me point out almost in almost all of the original (laughs) movies watch whoever's wearing the bat suit cancer in his head it's all shoulder all shoulders and like all this stuff and you see it in batman begins a little bit and you're like oh i thought they were gonna solve that this time and then they make it a fucking plot point in the second movie they hang a fucking lampshade on it yeah (laughs) yeah where he's like, I can't fucking look when I'm backing out of the driveway. I'm like, that's a good line, because it's true, man. You're all rear views when you're in the bat suit, right? Like, it's all flying by sensors at that point, because you can't turn your head to look out your rear view mirrors. Batman's a terrible driver, just based on his mirror checking <laughs> routine, which would be non-existent the way he can turn his head before this movie. So, yeah, no, it is a totally a helmet that he's wearing, but, like... I don't, that's how they, they, they're just going to do these now. Like, that's all you're going to see is that kind of thing. Cause like, that's what the, the Batman, the Affleck suit was. And yeah. that's what the Batman suit is too, where it's a separate thing with a big collar. So. Yeah. I, I liked the actual suit part of the suit. Like, I like that. It looked like a, a tactical suit. It didn't have nipples. It didn't look like a, <laughs> uh, it didn't have look like fetish gear or anything. Plastic. It looked like yeah. something that actually was functional, but that texture and the helmet just looks fucking dumb. He looked like he had a bird beak, like hearkening back to Lord of the Rings because that's all I can ever fucking do. He looked like Frodo when he was walking into fucking Mordor and that goddamn helmet with the fucking nose. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, I like this outfit. This is my preferred bat costume in live action so far. They haven't really done one that I'm like 100% on board with. I, I Tim might like the Affleck one better, but like that's a little too chunky. Mm. Like Frank I like Miller them both in different ways. Yeah, yeah, like I have a soft spot for both of them, but like this is the one that like it feels real world. The cow could use some improvement. Like it, just, it feels kind of weirded around the neck, more or less. But like the suit works for me, so I'm like, this is fine. I'm fine with this. <laughs> it could be a hundred percent worse because like the <laughs> last one of the last movies we watched, Batman had nipples on his outfit, and that was real like traumatizing for me around i was like 16 and saw that movie and so i was much happier with this 
where he doesn't have nipples and he looks like he could actually beat somebody's ass in the suit. So there's that. The nipples are really distracting. It's it's a lot when you watch <laughs> the movies too. So <laughs> and like we just watched them and I watched them like twice each. I I was still you recovering. Hate yourself? I I mean, we know the answer to that is yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so like I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're uh, we're getting real long here, so let's. Uh, <laughs> no, I have my grapes. Yeah, Tim's got to get his grapes out. So let's yeah. let's let's move along from Mark's internal trauma. To... <laughs> we already talked a little bit, but like this Batman definitely relies a lot on firearms, especially on his vehicles, like the tumbler and the bat pod. I like the bat pod, by the way. I think that's a fucking cool design, and yeah. having it like eject from the the tumbler. What was the saddest part of this fucking movie when the the oh, car yeah. says goodbye? <laughs> oh, so yeah. Sad. When the Tumblr yeah. says goodbye, I like, and like that's the thing. I don't know if we really talked about it when we did Batman Begins, but like I like the Tumblr, like the yeah. industrial design of this movie, and like his gear and stuff. Like this, yeah. I love this shit. The suit, whatever, but like, yeah, the the Batmobile, the pod, and then like eventually we'll talk about the bat and the next one. Like his gear all looks awesome. Yeah, like everything looks fucking dope. Even that Our- weird little like plastique shooting. Oh yeah, yeah. Thing the like that thing. Detonator, yeah, know, the little grenade yeah. launcher thing that he used, which is like the least Batman fucking weapon to have in like <laughs> forever. But like, yeah, he's got a grenade launcher, I guess, under there, which dope. But it looks cool and all <laughs> futuristic. So yeah. there you go. And like I remember having like a, a serious like, oh shit, that's so cool moment when the bat pod comes out of that alley and the fucking front wheel, the, the wheels spin on their axes. Yes, yeah, so yeah, when he comes up the, the turn, when it's yeah, like to yeah. stabilize. Yeah. yeah. I remember, like, that's fucking cool as shit. But yeah, he there's so like he uses so many like guns and missiles and shit like that in this. And then he also uses just a shitload of fucking lethal force. Like he totally kills some henchmen. He probably kills some fucking SWAT team members, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> like those ones he sends flying out the window on the on the rope. Those like, people are fucking yes. dead. At least one of those broke their fucking neck. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, even <laughs> just hitting the side of the building, you're going to cause some kind yeah. of impact. But like, no, even uh, he's when he goes in to find Maroney, like right before he breaks his legs, he hauls off on some guys in the neck and shit wearing a tactical outfit. I'm mm-hmm. like, you you hit somebody that hard in the fucking head with like armor on like that. You're doing real fucking damage well, to that person's head. So like, and here we start ouch. seeing like the components of the exoskeleton and shit too. So yeah. like you're starting to see like that some of those hits that he's making might be like fucking augmented uh, as yeah. well. So like, fuck what else? The dynamic range on this movie in particular is a bit much for me. Like the sound. Yeah. I kept having to like adjust the, the sound up and down. Like the dialogue scenes were like way, way, way quieter than the action scenes. So I was having to like, turn up and down constantly oh see i just this is one of those movies where it's just like i get the the dialogue to a comfortable volume and then i just accept that like my neighbors are going to be pissed at me for (laughs) the next two hours because it's so loud and it is like there's bits in the like in the car chase scene where like the explosions are really going off where i was like yeah my neighbors are going to be fucking pissed it's like 11 (laughs) 30 and i'm still watching this shit yeah the sound design was really aggressive yeah. yeah. Well, that's Chris Nolan in a nutshell. We're going to yeah. talk about sound fucking design in the next one because that, like, what we'll watch is not what was in the theaters the first weekend we went and saw that movie because, like, I couldn't understand Bane at all when I first saw that movie. I had to go back when they re released it with a better audio track, like, the next Tuesday or something like that and see it again to kind of understand what the fuck he was saying. That's yeah. a Chris Nolan. We were just talking about that when Paul saw Tenet, right? Yeah. Where he was saying the audio mix is messed up. That's a, like, Chris Nolan almost like 
it's almost to the level of cats where like he puts a movie out and it's not finished and he has to do a fucking patch after the fact. And the patch is always audio. It's always audio with Chris Nolan movies that have to get patched. Cause like something he's decided to record on set is fucking inaudible unless you have headphones on and are in like a studio silent environment to hear it. So yeah. like, yeah, yeah, it's very, it's very loud, yeah. <laughs> very loud movie. Yeah. Uh, t- Tim also doesn't have the ability to just like crank it the fuck up and let it go because if he does oh, that, I get migraines. Oh, yeah. see, yeah. <laughs> At least not when we're watching shit together. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm a single metalhead, so I'm just like, oh, it's not loud enough. Turn it up louder. It needs to be fucking louder. <laughs> yeah. I can't hear. I can still hear myself think it's not loud enough. Let's do this thing. So. <laughs> Talking about that car chase scene, I, I love that car chase scene overall. The one moment in it that doesn't work for me is when they come up upon that fucking fire truck that's like in flames and they think this is probably nothing. Let's just take the lower street. <laughs> yeah. That's not the Joker fucking totally yeah. telling you, like guiding you to where he wants yeah, exactly. you. Basically. Yeah. Although like, I mean the thing I love, I love that he had written, put the S on slaughter is the best medicine. Like that's just <laughs> chef's kiss. It's gold, yeah. gold production designer, gold right there. I loved that. <laughs> And then the uh, the last one, I mean, this is real nitpicky and kind of comic nerdy. I don't know why they decided to feature Jim Gordon's son as like his like favorite kid or yes. whatever, like James yeah. Gordon Jr. Should have been Barbara. Like, it definitely should have been fucking Barbara, even if they don't end up using her as Batgirl in the future. But like anybody that knows James Gordon Jr. in the comics knows that that kid does He's not have an af- does not have a fucking auspicious <laughs> end. That kid yeah. becomes like a fucking like sociopath serial killer yep like let let fucking harvey dent kill that motherfucker Ooh, that's i mean i'm all for child killing in kill, a movie kill hitler i guess <laughs> it's, it's killing baby <laughs> like, hitler, basically more child killing in my mainstream movies is what i'm going for too tim that's <laughs> yep on board all right uh, tim just outed himself as the scariest out of the bunch of us which is there's some men just want to see the world burn. I'm 100% on board with that. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this fucking shit show up. We're going to do a little like final thoughts and rate and review. I can't wait to hear the number that Alicia is going to try and give me here. So <laughs> let's start with Alicia. Um, A number. Well, a little final thoughts. Yeah. And then like out of 10. I mean, I think it was a good movie. I, With the caveat that it's a comic book movie, and that's not really my genre. Like, yeah. big, loud, action-y movies aren't really what I like to watch. Oh. But... Wait, Tim, why did you ask her to be on the podcast again? Because, like, that's <laughs> exactly, all we watch. Exactly like, for this all reason. We, yeah, all we watch is big, loud, action horse shit. <laughs> yeah. It's because there's too much testosterone, and you needed something to come in and cut it a little bit, I guess. Pretty much. Yeah. Heath Ledger is just so fucking good in this movie, though. It overrides so many missteps. Yeah. See, Alicia's <laughs> describing the exactly what my thought process is and why I just go like, this is a 10 out of 10 movie. Any fucking horse shit that like happens in this movie that doesn't make sense that like afterwards I'm bothered by, I can just write off as the Joker's the devil and he made it happen <laughs> because he's the Joker. And <laughs> The Joker's performance in this is so good that I don't really have to argue with it too much because I can just be like, well, Heath Ledger's Joker is still like the best Joker I've seen in live action to this day. Because yeah. like compared to like what we got afterwards, that Jared Leto Joker compared to this, 
No. Also, yeah. even like the uh, oh man, the Joaquin one, like yeah. compared to this Joker, fuck that. Yeah, like they both suck compared to this guy. I, I take Jack because he's Jack. Like, but I don't know. This is the Joker that like occupies way too much of my headspace. Either way, whatever that says about me. So, Tim, what's your rate and review? Unless, Alicia, do you have First, anything else you want to add? Alicia didn't give it a number. I did not give it a number. Oh, my God. I'm terrible at this. No, oh. no it was great. You gave me so much time to think. I think I'll give it like an eight and a half. I, I'll accept that. Begrudgingly. <laughs> That's like a solid B. <laughs> so I don't know what else I expected. So, like, that's fine. We'll take that one. <laughs> this is like nine and a half out of 10 for me. There's like the jank with the dent storyline. And then like those other couple like minor gripes are enough to make it hard for me to give this a perfect score. But like, it's, it's the best Batman movie that's been made to date. Yeah. Agreed. That's, that's, that's just the fucking, the truth. And that's fine. You're a treacherous whore. I'm also going to give this just a 10 out of 10. So like, <laughs> fuck you, Tim. This is a perfect Batman movie. Even if it's not a perfect Batman movie, in spite of its flaws, it's a perfect Batman movie. Mostly because Heath Ledger like, still kind of scares me a little bit every time I watch this. Oh, yeah. Which is what I've always kind of wanted from the Joker, was to just be afraid of him. And the only two people who've ever made that happen are Mark Hamill and Heath Ledger. So there you go. Is that it, Tim? Do you have anything else you want to add? I keep cutting people off. I'm brutal tonight. No, no, that's that's pretty much it. Like I said, it's, it's the best Batman movie that we've had so far. Yeah, I, I really like it. And fucking Ledger is amazing. And there's very little I can say bad about it. Dope. Yeah, so, man, we're, we're almost done doing these Batman movies. Tim, are you excited? We only have, like, one more to do. I'm, like, I don't want to do those DCEU ones again. <laughs> Like, oh no! Oh no! What, oh, you Batman, want to do Batman v Superman? Batman v Superman. That you want movie to redeem that? has Batman in the fucking title. All right, we're we're hey, again. hey, you're the one who wants to suffer. I'm fine. I it let, starts with Batman. I would have let it go, but that's fine. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's uh, let's move along to geek cred. Uh, you know what? I'll start this one. Uh, just go watch Lower Decks. The, this week's episode was a lot of fun. It's Star Trek that doesn't make me want to lick an electrical socket. <laughs> Which, like, at this point is basically the highest recommendation I can give to any new Star Trek. So there you go. Uh, but, like, this week's episode was excellent. I really enjoyed it. So I'm keeping up the Lord decks. We should probably review it at some point. There you Stop go. Stop and start watching it. I will, though. Oh, I'm sure you'll bitch about it way more than I do, but that's fine. I, <laughs> I, I accept that. Well, yeah. So, Tim, let's, uh, what's your geek cred this week? Also something that makes me want to fucking, that does make me want to lick an electrical socket. Uh, we're less than two months away from the U.S. presidential election at this point, And uh, uh, I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> it is very important. You know, if you're, if you're on social media and actively using it and use it to get, you know, any information that you check and verify that information before you trust it and incorporate it into your thought processes and worldviews and also potentially share it on social media. So for that reason, I am uh, recommending the fact-checking site PolitiFact as an excellent resource for you to use and go check and, uh, you know, just generally verifying information, you know, especially there's just so much shit that is shared around that's not sourced that, you know, might look like something that is really easy for you to believe because confirmation bias is a fucking bitch, but just take that extra 30 seconds and fucking Google it first, please. No, I refuse. I, I <laughs> prefer to react emotionally to everything that happens. Yeah, just knee-jerk everything. Just knee-jerk. That's yeah. definitely not how we got in this fucking mess to begin with. Yep. Yeah, to piggyback onto that really quick, 
Uh, there's still time to register to vote if you are American and have not done that yet. Fucking go do it now. And uh, if you were going to absentee ballot, go ahead and uh, get that in as well. I yeah, like as soon as possible. Actually, so you can go ahead and get them in certain states. There you go. Uh, Alicia, what was what do you want to recommend to everybody this week? Nerdy things. This is a really fucking uh, obscure nerdy, but I'm obsessed with Time Team because Phil Harding is my hero. And okay. uh, Time Team is a show that ran on the BBC for you know, 20 years or some such. And it's yeah. a bunch of architects that come out and dig a site in three days. And it's fantastic. And almost the entirety of the series is up on YouTube for free now. Nice. Oh, I'll have to look at that. I like that kind of shit. I'll take a look. That's exciting. I spent so much time on YouTube since this lockdown happened. Right. Like that's just like all I do. I like I have all these fucking people that I'm like, I don't even know why I like listening to this person talk, aside from I just like listening to somebody talk yeah. while I'm doing shit. You know what I mean? It's almost like I miss being in an office, even though like I hate being in a fucking office while I work. It's really weird. Either way, that's cool. No, everybody should go check that out. That sounds kind of interesting yeah and everybody please go vote if you're an american i mean i I was gonna say i don't care who you vote for but like i really do so like (laughs) make a moral choice i guess at this point for fuck's sakes jesus the rest of the world is terrified is basically what i'm trying to say to you as a canadian who lives 20 minutes from the border you know so there you go all right everybody thank you for listening to the grim dark batman episode where we also got super depressing at the end this is very exciting. This has been episode 217 of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcasting app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about tonight, probably not politics, because like I don't want to talk. There's enough bullshit politics on Facebook already, which is where I'm about <laughs> to direct you to. So like, no. But yeah, if you want to talk about Batman with us on Facebook, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. So I've been here. I'm Mark. Oof. I've been here with Tim. Say you sure you're Mark? No, nope. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long episode. Yeah. It's yeah, it's been a long <laughs> existence. So that's awesome. Tim, say goodnight. Good night. Alicia, it's always a pleasure having you on the podcast. <laughs> Say goodnight, everybody. It's been fun. Good night. And you can follow me on Instagram at MT underscore Willette or buy a print, blackrangallery.com. Commissions are also still open. You can DM me for details. We will talk to you next week. Why so serious, guys? Why so, so serious? serious? Oh, yeah. I got to end this over here. Horseshit. <laughs> <laughs>